0: Hello there. Very sorry you've clicked on an episode about the XWF. Don't go away just yet. Yes, it is a horrible shit show from which there is no light and no escape and no return to the days before the XWF. But I want to take a quick second to let you all know that if you want to support the Attitude Era podcast and get access to bonus content, you can simply become a backer now by heading over to patreon.com forward slash Podcast. If you want to get access to over 30 episodes of the Smackdown Crawl, where Adam and I review all of Smackdown if you want to get access to the entire BibloTech series if you've seen that Kane book review there's more of its ilk available as well if you want to get access to exclusive video episodes including a whole new episode nearly a full hour in length where we look at WrestleMania 19 revenge mode you can get access to all of this as well as Q&A's discounts on commentary tracks and a whole lot more by becoming a backer over on patreon.com forward slash AE podcast there is a variety of rewards to suit a variety of of needs tastes and budgets the one thing for sure there's a whole hell a lot of a bang for your buck when you head over to patreon.com forward slash AE podcast but for now enjoy the xwf And welcome to the Attitude Era Podcast, Bow No Episode Special Edition. And once again, it's me, Cowboy Kevin Van, saddling up alongside the master of coffee and beans of the coffee variety, it's Adam Bimolo. Hello. Hey, how you doing, big guy? Good. Good. The day
1: yeah. at the, the office, huh? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, just uh, happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, happy
0: to be here. Yeah, I love this. Adam, do you remember a couple of years ago, you and I thought it would be a bit of a laugh to look at Heroes of Wrestling?
1: Yeah, and it's been literally a couple of years since we did anything like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As a result, like. Yeah. So, we're at the moment in 2001, in Season 3 where we have realized that the landscape is changing and Mm. not just because those Alliance boys are having their way and you know, those real invaders like Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, Shane McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, just, you know, anti-WWF to the core, you know? It's really changed the landscape. Did you know, Adam, at the same time as all this was going on, there were other people who were trying to get wrestling companies up off the ground and get wrestling back on top again?
1: i didn't know about that
0: yeah I'd, me neither i do now like literally no one seems to have paid heed or attention to the xwf which was what we're going to be reviewing today what does xwf stand for
1: it, wait hang on excitement rest yeah excitement yeah. wrestling federation
0: so excitement when you drop that soft e so it's just sentiment wrestling excitement. federation excitement. We could talk about a little bit about this idea of wrestling being bad when there's no competition I mean we're you know two-thirds three quarters of the way through season three where there's no competition outside of WWF we've only got an alliance within the company do you think that WWE struggles without competition
1: yeah it's really obvious from the get-go like from the beginning you need to have someone to compete against. Otherwise you get the invasion angle
0: So we're looking at the invasion angle One of the most obvious things that strikes anyone who's looking at it Is the lack of stars from the likes of WCW And mm. even some ECW names seem to be missing there as well Adam, where are the likes of Big Sexy Kevin Nash? Where's Where's the big man Scott Hall? Where's Big Hulk Hogan? Where are the, the big names in professional wrestling? Bobby the Big Heenan, where's he yeah, at? You know?
1: Sting, Ric Flair, all these big guys They must have gone somewhere, right?
0: Yeah, they were at home Oh. To collect money because they were all on guaranteed contracts from Time Warner and oh, AOL, yeah. which meant that they got to make millions of dollars mm. by having a nice holiday. Don't begrudge him that. Not everyone is like that, though, Adam. Okay? Not everyone was in that same boat because there was people like Booker T and DDP decided to take a massive pay cut and go to WWF instead, and we all know how that worked out for DDP. That was really, really good. Like, Mm. in fairness, if he he said it himself, if he hadn't been treated so badly, he wouldn't have felt so like you know driven to actually make a success of himself with his yoga. So all well and good.
1: Good attitude.
0: But I'm talking about that old style wrestling, Adam. Yeah. Not your fucking prima donna's bullshit. I'm talking about the real names of Professor and names like Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart oh yeah names like Nasty Boy Brian Knobs yeah names like Nasty Boy Jerry Sags yeah names like the aptly named Nasty Boy not appearing in this episode mm. names like Hacksaw Jim Duggan Sonny Ono Vapor The <laughs> wa- the Wall Dresden <laughs> Names, Adam. of the wall! Names. <laughs> that's the wall, brother! I swear, brother, that's the wall! <laughs> Names like Josh Matthews. Yeah. Names like Rowdy Roddy Piper. Names like Sable. <laughs> Names like the public enemy. All of this Isle of Misfit Toys, except it's like you know in Toy Story 3 when there's like the Misfit Toys, but they're like heel-entitled yeah. Misfit Toys, mm-hmm. who like feel they are owed a better living than they've been given. <laughs> if you imagine Brian Knobs being that big, pink, purple, weird fucking evil bear, this, my friends, is the XWF.
2: Back in 2001, the state of the wrestling world was changing. Ted Turner's World Championship Wrestling was crumbling. There was a big void left in professional wrestling. For the first time in 40 years, there was only one wrestling organization out there, the WWE. So, therefore, the XWF was created. Not to compete with the WWE, but an alternative for the fans. Hey, Greg, Jimmy, and myself, we knew wrestling, but we never ran a wrestling company before. But with the help of a lot of friends, We got this thing kicked off
3: the right way. You know what? You're right, Knobs. and you know what our philosophy was? We wanted wrestlers from the past, the present, and the future. Our motto was no more prima donnas. You know, we just wanted a bunch of guys that love wrestling. So we went after the biggest stars
2: ever, including Hulk Hogan. You know, we talked to a lot of guys on the phone, and they laughed a little bit when they heard that me, Jimmy, and Greg we're running our own
3: wrestling organization. Hey, wait a minute. I'll speak for you
2: <laughs> But I'll tell you what. We got the right people behind us. Roddy Piper, Kurt Hennig, me Mean Gene, the Road Warriors. We got them all involved. We got this thing off to a good start.
0: Oh, gosh. Had you heard anything about this before I, like, I proposed? I mean, I, timeline of events here. How did we come across or XWF? Or why are we reviewing this?
1: Just what I knew about this was ages ago you mentioned to me Oh you know when the invasion was going on there was a couple other things There was this one that Jimmy Hart tried to do And then also Jeff Jarrett went off to Australia to do one Like
0: That's another episode coming as well folks
1: And that's my entire knowledge of it before we sat down to watch the DVD the other day
0: This is one of these things where we kind of assumed that it had been covered to death Because I mean Heroes of Wrestling had been kind of covered And you know it was its name lives in infamy XWF name does not live in infamy
1: no, I'm actually really shocked and surprised. I had a quick look on YouTube thinking that someone like Brian Zane would have done like a quick retrospective on it, but no one seems to have gone near it, Kevin.
0: So what it was, was that we came across a DVD, and on the front of this DVD is the largest, most racist hot dog in the known universe, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, flexing, telling you that this is XWF, in your face, brackets, the lost episodes. Oh, these are the ones that didn't make it to TV then. So, in 2001, someone came up with the idea, and it's actually really weird. It's this guy called Kevin Harrington, who was actually one of the original sharks from Shark Tank, which is basically American version of Dragon's Den. Yeah. I've been on New non recently to watch Shark Tank. It's one of my all-time favorite fucking shows. It's basically like meaner, more intense Dragon's Den. Now, there was a guy on that called Kevin. He refers to himself as Mr. Wonderful, <laughs> and he is—he literally looks like Paul Heyman, and he's like, "I'm Mr. Wonderful, so I get eighteen percent as opposed to sixteen percent." And yeah your cutty deal—I don't like it. Why? Because I'm Mr. Wonderful. Say, oh, he refers to things like his platform of love. He's a total heel manager, and straight away, I got very excited thinking, "Is Mr. Wonderful involved in professional wrestling?" Mm. Now it's a different man named Kevin who's oh. no longer on Shark Tank. Uh, Kevin Harrington who is uh, a multi-millionaire and entrepreneur in his own right he's basically the founder of the As Seen on TV infomercials that's right. him he's the one who did all that like you know Okay. so basically the format for every item you've ever bought in Wilco's they came together with a couple of wrestlers. And the idea was that they wanted to have an alternative to the World Wrestling Federation. Because there had to be an alternative for the old-timey wrestling fans. And there's a couple of pillars to the ethos of XWF, Adam. Number one, it's going to mix the past, the present, and the future of professional wrestling.
1: Well, yeah, obviously.
0: You know, because we're going to have to embrace the old-timers. You know, but they're going to, you know, make way for the new guys out there in the professional wrestling, and also as well to make way for the present of professional wrestling, which seems to be kind of missing in between. The, basically, means you got Roddy Piper, Hooven 2 Guerrero, and yeah. the, the Gemini are all in the same car. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's just the fucking typical gimmick, though, isn't it? I feel like there must be a million federations that start up, and they're like, and we're going to represent the past the present and the future of our
0: industry. It's, like... it's a tall order, really, yeah, to, to do that. It's quite difficult. I mean, WCW tried to do that a number of times, and they ultimately failed because they realised it was a lot more fun to kind of make fun of their past than to embrace it.
1: Well, not only that, but also, they're, like, let's be honest, what they're obviously talking about is WWF. Yeah. People that used to be in WWF, people that will be in WWF one day. When you say present, that implies that you've got WWF-signed superstars wrestling on your show.
0: No, it means you've got a vampiro, mate. Like... (laughs)
1: and and jerry lawler don't forget jerry lawler
0: and here is the slogan of the xwf keep in mind this is emblazoned on every fucking piece of promotional material on the dvd inside the jeweled case it's hulk hogan flexing and it says the xwf no more politics no more prima donnas in your face get it <laughs> no more politics
1: with Hulk Hogan
0: there. and Roddy Piper. Yeah, and Jimmy Snooker mm-hmm. Does he think it's some sort of like law-free zone? Then that you can go in there and not get arrested for the crimes <laughs> he's committed? That, oh, great! No more politics. Does that mean it's like it's like where I, you know you when know, you, you travel on a boat for long enough and you're out in kind of no man's land and you can like have no, monkey knife fights and gambling <laughs> and drink like you know 100 proof straight liquor? Maybe yeah. that's what they thought the XWF <laughs> was. So the XWF stands for the Excitement Wrestling Federation. And the people at the forefront of it It started off with with Kevin Harrington putting some money into it. They raised a lot of capital from various people, including Willie Nelson, Mm. Kiss, Mm. Alice Cooper.
1: You surprised me.
0: Yeah, I know, right? These are all big names in, in entertainment. Like, you know, it doesn't get bigger than that.
1: These are all big names that you see on the DVD with Hacksaw Jim Duggan going around being like, would you say that you like the XWF on camera for me, please?
0: There's so many parallels to the XFL, just from the slip of the tongue there. Like, yeah, it, it I know. really does feel like the XFL in so many ways.
1: One big botch.
0: A big money sink is what yeah. it comes across as. So they spent roughly $2 million.
1: That's surprising because it does not look like a two million dollar production.
0: And the idea was two million dollars. They were going to do a series of tapings at Universal Studios because Jimmy Hart was with the kind of he was the booker. He was the guy who was going to involve you know book the wrestlers, write the show. He was going to do involved in production. He was basically the guy. Essentially, Kevin Harrington was the money, mm. and Jimmy Hart thought we'll go to Universal Studios, which is actually really smart. That's where TNA bo- booked mm-hmm. all their shows because you get to go there for free. People will always come in and fill the arena because it's part of the experience of going to Universal Studios. You get to go see the wrestling show. They'll bring people in. You will have a full crowd. Mm. It's the same thing that Eric Bischoff did in WCW in the early 90s. He taped at um, Disney Studios for the same reason. So it's low cost. And they should... <laughs> They did a few house shows to build up some steam. Oh,
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah, they did a couple of house shows and, you know, the hotbeds are resting like Wisconsin and Iowa to, mm. uh, to build up the crowd and build up... They didn't sell anything out. Their Wikipedia page is really funny because it's clearly, like, whoever owns the rights to it is editing it. It's like, oh, they almost sold out the Omni. No. Almost sold out. Nearly. Almost.
1: Maybe next time.
0: Maybe next time. Let's next time we get this company off the ground. So, they did four nights of tapings... They did 10 episodes of television in total. They booked all of this. They shot all of this before they had a television deal. Mm -hmm. Because the idea was was that no one wanted to watch wrestling at the moment. You couldn't just walk in the door and pitch wrestling. You had to have a product. You had to have names. So they did that. Mm. And we are watching... The last episodes which is every episode. which seems to be every episode <laughs> cut together. Yeah. The last episodes of the Excitement Wrestling Federation. This came on DVD through our mailbox some months ago and has sat in a perverted place on the shelf ever since we've watched every second of this abomination
1: well we've watched every second of this abomination but we're no XWF experts by any means because there is actually a three disc edition of this same DVD which has all of the episodes on we've only watched the first three yep And I already felt pretty queasy after that.
0: Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Let's just cast our mind back to where this is. This is November 2001. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is when the invasion angle is actually winding down. Yep, wrapping up. So everyone's already got a bad taste in their mouth about how WCW has been represented. Everyone knows that if you went to WWF, you're gonna get screwed over in one way, shape, or form. If you look at the likes of DDP and, you know, Booker T, how they've been booked. And we started this off thinking, what's the best way to watch this? We'll watch what the investors watched. Mm. They included it here. The XWF. Countdown. This is the hype-up package, Adam. This is to psych you up for the XWF. Because what they actually did with this, it never made it to TV, but Jimmy Hart did package up these couple of episodes and sell them as pay-per-view blocks oh. to run uh, in like a couple of markets. It ran in Puerto Rico as oh, well. Oh, someone would have paid to see this on
1: pay-per-view. This was the,
0: the countdown to the XWF. Oh. So the countdown to the XWF, Adam, who's going to take us through introducing the stars, the style, the ethos, and the atmosphere of the Excitement Wrestling Federation? Hacksaw Jim Ho. Hacksaw Jim Ho Duggan himself. Yay. Here he is. He's all jazzed up, and he's got a very special guest to talk to us today about the XWF. Straight off his hot America sold out tour And straight off his hot sold out big doink that he's been fucking smoking (laughs) It's Willie Nelson who's fucking high as a kite Yeah,
1: he don't give a shit about no wrestling
0: High as a kite everyone! (laughs) Goofballs! Hey folks,
4: Hacksaw here Let's go in and see what my friend Willie Nelson has to say about the XWF I better leave my 2x4 out here!
5: Well, all I know is that there's a new wrestling association called XWF, and it's kind of like letting the fox in the henhouse to let you guys have your own deal. That's all I know. But good luck and go after them. And see what Willie thinks about prima donnas. Prima donna? Is that before Madonna? Is that... Yeah! <laughs> and see what Willie thinks about America. Well, we all believe in America, and we all believe in free enterprise, and we definitely believe in XWF.
4: And see what Willie thinks... About a new company like the XWF starting
5: up. Start at the bottom, you go right to the top. Don't mess with that in between.
0: <laughs> 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 There's really fast cuts in this very awkward encounter. Mm-hmm. He's confident that the XWF will succeed, and you, you know you start off the bottom, you go to the top, you cut off the middle bit, man. Hey, I just my lawyer said I could ride off against tax if I give y'all two hundred grand. <laughs>
1: the way it's edited it keeps cutting between the two of them so like Hacksaw is talking to you outside the tour bus speaking directly into the camera and he's like we're gonna go see Willie Nelson let's see what Willie thinks about pre-Madonna's cut to Willie I can't be doing with no pre-Madonna's man let's see what Willie thinks of America I've always loved the red white and blue let's see what Willie thinks of the XWF (laughs) the XWF let's see what Willie thinks of performing after 9-11 and Willie's just like I don't do you really want to talk about this I thought we were talking wrestling I tell
0: you who does want to chat about 9-11
4: Oh, Jim Duggan. And I just want to take this opportunity and say thank you for, for bringing us together at that time.
5: Well, it was my pleasure to do that. And also, congratulations to you and Hulk and all the guys on the new wrestling association.
4: But you know, Willie, the other night I was putting my two little girls to bed, Celia and Rebecca, and they looked up to me and they asked me if it was safe. And like so many other Americans in our country today, I really didn't know how to answer. But then I think of the time I spent at Fort Hood in Texas in Fort Polk in Louisiana, Patrick Air Force Base. And I just came from Alaska where those guys are doing winter training. So you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out where they're going. And I shook their hand. And I didn't see no fear there, Willie. All I saw was determination. And when I was getting ready to leave, this old crafty Colonel came up and said, Hacksaw, you've been carrying that flag for a long time. How about carrying it a little longer for us? And I said, yes, sir, Colonel. Whatever I can do, I'll do my little part. I'll carry that flag tall, and I'll carry that flag proud. Because one thing those terrorists don't understand, this is not only a land of the free, but the home of the brave. And as long as there's blood pumping in Hacksaw's heart, as long as there's air in my lungs, I'll carry the flag of the United States of America, tough guy. Ho! Oh. Give me a ho! Willie. Hey!
0: We're talking a little bit about 9-11, and, you know, Willie, you're out there, and you you were singing them songs for all the people over there, and I've been down to Fort Hood, and I see what they're doing down there, Willie. They're training, and they're going out to fight for America, and, you know, and if they were going to go attack Jim Duncan, I'll fly, old glory. I went up, and I got my 2x4 that I knocked under the giant out with. What? Yep. Sure you did, mate. Sure you did.
1: It starts off as like, thank you for performing after 9-11. I was really moved by that. And it turns into a promo about 9-11 and then it just becomes a promo about Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Willie looks so uncomfortable
0: right Hacksaw Jim Duggan he partakes of the herb you don't say he does yeah and that's why explain why he's good close personal friends with Willie Weed Nelson over here <laughs> Wee Wee Weed Willie Nelson over here the two of them are like the two polar opposites of what happens like these two lads are fucking bouncing off the walls here you've got Hacksaw Jim Duggan who's sitting there and screaming at the top of his lungs Willie Nelson whose eyes are closed half the time <laughs> like. he's fucking closing his eyes and thinking of England as Hacksaw Jim Duggan is frothing at the mouth this literally <laughs> reminds me of when me and Billy drank a big bottle of old Rosie and we're like no listen Chris Benoit yeah no the reason he did it yeah listen shut the up reason he I did. love you <laughs> you know it's just like two lads having a fun time but not like really not
1: that could really put a nice new spin on the true crime podcast genre. You and Billy just get absolutely wasted and
0: <laughs> talk
1: about Benoit, Benoit, but just get nowhere with the investigation.
0: It's <laughs> like knee deep in this fucking mire. It's, <laughs> it's so awkward because the uncuts are done because Willie Nelson obviously gave him two minutes and mm-hmm. they were promised 20.
1: Yes, definitely. They have stretched out this tiny bit of footage.
0: And he's literally like, he's like, in XWF, in your face. Hey, I said it. Can I, can I go now? Put on the shirt, Willie. Oh, sorry. Oh, here it is. I'm oh. um, wearing my shirt. So XWF, Willie Nelson, on board. I'm psyched up. Cut to Mean Gene Oakland who tells us there's going to be no more prima donnas here. Who's the first couple to arrive at the tapings? Sable and Mark Mare. I for fuck. Say, I literally had retcons their whole life because <laughs> I'm like no they spit up at the end like they did. no 2003 is the only one they got divorced
1: here they are so no more prima donnas no. cut to Sable what role does Sable play in this company
0: she is the chief executive officer for fuck's sake she is the chairman of the board <laughs> the head honcho and it pretty much Sable is there she arrives looking very much like I should be fucking shooting another season of Relic Hunter <laughs> I should not be I should not be here like she was in Relic Hunter yeah, yeah I know she I was heard. yeah she was actually an Egyptian god uh, funny that she was white and but anyway still you know it's
1: fine it's the best they could do I'm sure it's
0: 2000 we didn't know any better there
1: was no know. actors of colour back in those days you see Kevin except or... the lead
0: actor in Relic Hunter
1: <laughs> she didn't have any mates they could have brought on the project project, you see
0: really excited hopeless looking talent and uh, arriving and at the start you see Mark Merrow and Sable arrive with the kind of the wheelie bag coming off the big tour bus
1: looking fancy
0: it did it looked legit it was like yeah. alright here we go this is like kind of uh, a legitimate organisation and that cuts to like Brian Knobs and fucking Hacksaw Jim Duggan eating burgers with like two fans and Universal Studios kind of are you enjoying it like they like, Goofy and Mickey and fucking yeah. going, oh, oh, look at us we're a big silly parade floats it's
1: horrible they're all in shell suits they all look dirty they all look really Tied and depressed And they're
0: all Burying the WWF
1: Oh yeah Naturally like. They
0: are all So sure That this is The fucking The, the promised land mm. And the other people Who are involved Because Kevin Harrington Quite early on He Bowed out because he reckoned there'd be no money in it, and he sold it on to then to Jimmy Hart, Greg Valentine, right, and Brian Knobs. Okay. So Jimmy Hart went from being the lad who's in, you know who's kind of handling the money and doing everything to the man who's actually invested all the money in this. He bought it off of him. Yeah, apparently it changed hands for like eight hundred grand or something like that. So immediately, Jesus. like they dro- like your man just tried to recoup some losses. Yeah, he sell it was a stinker straight away. But don't worry, we've got Brian Knobs and fucking Greg Valentine and Jimmy Hart imagine that in the apprentice so f- oh my god i would love that still struggling with their task team cocaine yes
1: wwe legends on the apprentice that would be so much fun <laughs> Everyone
0: starts crying like, you know. <laughs> they all start at the moment's notice they bury the wbf uh, they call it baywatch without the ocean is how it gets referred it to doesn't work what is that? Baywatch for the ocean? Do people watch Baywatch for the ocean? Is that the selling point of the show, is it? I, they're trying to make out, Adam, I think, that WWE has become like a soap opera. You know, like soft, light. There's a lot of talk of that, isn't there, where it's like, oh, it's got to be proper wrestling like it was, you know, back in the day when it was real fucking proper wrestling. In the early eighties. Yeah. Where you had people like taking no bumps and double countdown finishes for every fucking pay-per-view. Which
1: I would understand if they were like, let's take the modern wrestling skills and apply it to like a sort of a more traditional wrestling programme but honestly they spend so much of the show copying WWF everything yeah they copy everything they can about Raw like there is nothing that they are trying to do unique away from mainstream wrestling it's just a copycat
0: like I thought if you are going to do like old time wrestling that's what they wanted to do is like they their apparent ethos was WCW pre-Monday Night War, The original
1: WCW. Where you'd have yeah.
0: athleticism that was family-friendly, the whole family would enjoy. You know, you bring the wife and kids to go see the wrestling yeah. show because it was good, wholesome fun with good athleticism and everything would be fine. But instead, you just get a really cut-and-dry copy of WCW from 2000 or yeah. Raw from 98, 99, kind of. And not even a good job of it. At no, that. no, not at all. And I think... At some time in the, in, in the not too distant future, maybe all of us could sit down and really think about when's the point in time we're going to let that generation of wrestlers still go on like they somehow had, like it's so much harder. You know, you know what? Everyone in wrestling has had it so fucking hard. Yep. I don't take that away for a single second. But I resent the likes of Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Brian Knobs, who've and your honky-tonk man types who've made a career from minimizing the bumps, minimizing the work, maximizing the money you can take from fans. Then pointing to the likes of Austin, Rock, Triple H those types of guys who fucking brought that work ethic and level
1: way up way up they changed the fucking scene yeah and
0: like even now it's even so much higher now than it was then I love the fact that you know people like you know people like the era of the 90s will look like Austin will kind of go Jesus Christ them lads fucking are working like hosses. Yeah. and I hate that they have this attitude like they're fucking Bruno Samacino or they're fucking you know oh I'm in that ring fighting for real you yeah.
1: know and to be honest even if they did have it much harder even if back in their day they had to work and they were pushed much further than the current talent is why are you talking about it like that's a bad thing that the talent have it easier these days? Don't you want the industry to move forward in a yeah. positive direction? Don't you want it to be successful and to grow? Like,
0: And uh, speaking of awkwardness with all this, is that Roddy Piper is the commissioner who seems to feel that the whole reason for him being here is to bury the idea of promoters in general. He's like, we'll get into it. Roddy's spicy, yeah. spicy takes. They've got a big star, a big homegrown star, though, who's basically going to be the top guy. Uh, Hail. Hale is the man
1: Hale as in what comes from the sky Hail. yes
0: but Jimmy Hart calls it Hale Hail, hail! hail. <laughs> so Hale's the top guy Hale is a big dude I will see a lot of Hale tonight on our episode Hale is very much the big man who's clearly there and his whole existence is for Hulk Hogan to eventually beat him yes that is Hale's role in all of this Hogan is the poster child of the XWF as well I should note
1: interesting that
0: he is here constantly. But well, he's never... on the DVD
1: constantly. He's like, in between almost every match, you cut to Hogan being like, what a great
0: match, dude, or whatever. The
2: Road Warriors and the XWF, what a run.
0: He's there constantly, but he's not there. He's not actually there. Yeah, it's kind of like how I look back on how I was taught about God in school now. It's like, God's everywhere. God's in this cup. God's in the table, you know. And I'm like, yeah, he is. Yeah, but... But is he really? Not really, like... like, like, He ain't working no five-minute match tonight, though, is he, like, you know? (laughs) (laughs) He's fucking counting the bills upstairs, isn't he, like, with a big fucking cigar in his mouth. (laughs) The Nasty Boys are here as well. Course. Legion of Doom. Yep. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who gets introduced as a muscle machine. The muscle machine, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Was that ever the case? He was a big, stout man, like. Was
1: he a turtle package?
0: He's like a Donkey Kong body shape. Okay,
1: has. that is kind of muscly, I guess. Not a muscle
0: machine, though. But speaking of machines, uh, Hale, you may recognise Hale. Very, very famous. Uh, Hale actually was a WCW prospect one of their top prospects from the power plant back in the day who had one match in WCW against Diamond Dallas Page he was known as The Machine and he had a mask and he is infamous for one of the silliest botches of all time which is when DDP bumps against the rope and the guy is still at the top and he just goes
6: Aah!
0: "Ah!" He, he, jump, he jumps he, he jumps off the top rope and lands on the top rope and then goes "Ah!" <laughs> as, as DDP <laughs> brings him up and down and like I remember him from like <laughs> restinggonewrong.com like ebounds world had clips to the oh. machine so that's who he is and I can tell you why he had a mascot because he looks like a fucking idiot yeah he does <laughs> big dumb head on him was he would he have
1: been there like for when Louis Theroux was at the power yes. plant record? reckon yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch that now. Keep an eye out for Hale.
0: Hale's literally like seven foot two. Like, he's fucking huge. Oh, he looks
1: impressive. Like, it's, when you say uh, he yeah. looks like a big fucking idiot, that is purely his, his Homer Simpson head that he's got. Like. like, you
0: literally see, like, when he was like, oh, we should put a mask on this guy. <laughs> he looks a little stupid. Like, you know. That's our countdown. I left the countdown confused, concerned, disappointed, upset and a little bit thirsty Mm -hmm. of what lay ahead of us because there's three episodes of the XWF to get through here. But before that, (laughs) time to knock on the door upstairs, time to have a chat with the big man, what does Hollywood Hulk Hogan think about the XWF?
2: Well, I first got involved with the XWF when a good friend of mine, Brian Knobs, told me he was going to give people a choice. At the time, there was only one wrestling organization up and running and nobody had an alternative. So basically, the XWF was a great idea. Um, The people that were running the business, Brian Knobs and Jimmy Hart, had a great idea. They attracted some of the greatest talent in the world of professional wrestling. I stepped in for a short while, got my feet wet, but had to move on. XWF, it was a dream come true.
0: Now, Hogan was not in the countdown pretty much at all. He was not there on the studios. He wasn't there, it seemed, for most of the tapings. Hogan only had one appearance in the XWF. Mm -hmm. Only one match which is when he wrestled Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. Yes. Who, in this brief series of tapings, managed to wrestle four times...
1: And it's weird that they don't include that in any of the episodes. That is actually a bonus feature, is the yeah. Hulk, the one Hulk Hogan match.
0: I think Hogan himself actually owns the rights to that actual match because that appeared on the WWE Hulk Hogan unauthorized or unreleased yep. rarities collection that they brought out a few years ago. And you and I were obsessed with that match.
1: You showed me that long before the podcast even. Yeah. Because like, it was on Netflix back when they had things like the John Cena experience on there. and a, it was A Giant swirl, Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> and we watched the Hogan unauthorized thing or whatever it's called just for this match where, where he's
0: very slim in this match yeah he's
1: not looking big at all and he gets so gassed and decides to do a little promo after the match well he well.
0: leaves and then he's like brought back he's like no Hulk you gotta do a promo and he's we like we
1: paid you for one promo well, let me
0: tell you something brother <laughs> what?
2: I'm fucking i got gonna get in shape well brother all this means is Hulk Hogan better get in a lot better shape if I'm going to handle all these young studs around the XWF.
3: Brother, you were right. Hulk Hogan was blown up, and I'm ready to go again. <laughs> all right, you take a look at Kurt Hennig, a seasoned veteran. And, of course, as you said, there are a number of young men standing in the wings trying to get a shot at top stars, and that includes Hulk Hogan. But what about this fan reaction? That's <laughs> a And then, Gene.
2: that one two three if those fans weren't egging me on when I was out of gas I'd have never made it but every time I go in the back and I see all those young studs licking their chops trying to get hell hold of Hulk Hogan brother I realize every day I gotta get in better shape and I'm so blown up right
0: now I'm gonna go back there and challenge somebody else. I'm blown up, he (laughs) said. My favorite quote of it is like everything he keeps saying is kind of like, that's the last thing I'm gonna say, I'm out of (laughs) here. And my favorite line is he gets so confused and like he's lightheaded. He's like, I'm so blown up, I'm gonna go back and challenge the whole rocker room.
2: (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm
0: gonna go challenge everyone. have another match right now. Come on, I'm going to die. <laughs> 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 fucking horrible. Yeah. So fucking bad. He's so out of shape. But Hogan's here with a little interview.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I like the format of this interview. It gave me a nostalgia for one of the first th- videos you ever edited for, for me, actually.
1: Yeah, I remember years ago, you sent me a video of you talking into your webcam, answering some Q&A questions. And you literally just wanted me to do black screen with text in between each question. I was like... Because I
0: tried an afternoon to do it and I couldn't. So I... Piece of cake.
1: <laughs> and then from that day onwards, it sort of spiraled into what has become now hundreds of videos on Facebook. <laughs> like. But this is edited. And, it, and that was meant to be an intentionally shit style, is what you told me. Like, yeah. It needs to look cheap and crap. This is worse than the job we did on that video. Yeah,
0: it's so bad. It's just plain black background.
1: No intro, just black background. Who is your favourite wrestler to work with?
0: Well, I'll tell you something, brother. My favourite wrestler of all time had to be Andre the Giant Dude. The Pope only had 80,000 people in the Pontiac Silverdome. still is it, 83,000. 93,000, brother. Doodly-doo, he's like 72,000. What what was was. your
1: favourite movie to work on? Mr. Nanny Dude. It's just so dry.
0: He also says, I was a major, major fan, guys. He's like, as he's asked, like, what wrestling do you watch growing up? He's like, oh, man, I was such a fan, brother. Uh, I was big fan love wrestling and then I started training on Hiro Matsuda I was like come on did you watch growing because you fucking didn't yeah I did all the wrestlers
1: Muhammad Ali fucking Hulk Hogan bollocks
0: like, they did a fucking thing with him on the Bruno San Martino documentary and he's oh like yeah. I grew up watching Bruno you didn't your fucking home <laughs> stop it he's like the fucking watcher from Marvel he, all he can do is look back on history and insist on inserting himself at every fucking opportunity oh it's my curse I have to in, in Intervene like. Talks about Hogan Knows Best, which is obviously why he's in this fucking QA.
1: He literally says that his family is a lot like the Osborne's, so they decided to make a TV show.
0: So if you don't want to buy the XWF brother, you can you can hook on, you can run and reruns of Hogan Knows Best. Uh. It really confused you with the timeline. This is it's like, hang on a second, this is to be And Hogan's going on about Hogan Knows Best, which is 2004 at the at the latest. Yeah. And then all of a sudden. The next question starts, and he's in different clothes!
1: He's gone dark side now, like. <laughs> the black bandana on. And
0: someone in the background playing guitar, Let me tell you about the XWF-zoids, dude! And all the hulkamanias It takes a dark turn, really, it gets dark-sided, because he's asked, like, How come the XWF failed, then, if it's so great? And we get really great spirited quotes, like, Basically, the XWF was a great idea, dude! Mm. The XWF should have been on TV right now. Mm. Should have been on TV right now. Mm. No, one take is good, Hogan. You got it in one. It's fine. (laughs) It's all right. Do you actually
1: know what the biggest reason was they didn't get any TV deals whatsoever? Yes. They didn't sign anyone to a good contract?
0: They had, like, everyone came to do the house shows. They came to do the the tapings. And then by the time it... Because there was the changeover of ownership and all that, Mm -hmm. by the time it came to them shopping it around... Hogan had signed to WWE. Yep. Like Hogan, as he was wrestling his match with Kurt Hennig, he was literally already had signed his contract to WWE. He did it as a favour to them. Because he had said he was going to be a big part of it. He he was told this whole thing was going to be built around him, essentially. I'm
1: not surprised. He's the only big, big, big name. And he's like... the
0: first one out, like. Yeah. So he got signed. Piper got signed. Mm. Pretty much like Even fucking Josh Matthews got signed. Like everyone who was anyone who they wanted, they signed. So then they come to pitch it around to the investors and they're like, Wow, this is great. Just so you know, if you don't have Hulk Hogan or Roddy Piper or Rena Mera or literally all these people who mm-hmm. are meant to be involved and none of them were involved. Nope. They only had like, you know, the hail.
1: Hail <laughs> and know. Knuckles, maybe. Yeah,
0: Hale and the people who no one gave a shit about. And they're yeah. like, well it you know, it's literally the only good this thing has is that it has some name value and people will probably tune and kinda of go, Oh, there's Roddy Piper or yeah. there's Hulk Hogan and you've lost that. So that's why they didn't get on T V. But according to Hulk Hogan, the reason they didn't get it on TV is because you got to walk the talk, brother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he also says XWF was on the right track. It was the perfect format. Wow. The perfect production and the best talent in the world. And he also
0: said it was close to where I live. <laughs> Like that's in the list it's like the greatest superstars the most perfect production you know it's only down the road as well like, so, you know. <laughs> the mask slipped a little bit there like. literally like every former tna world champion christian <laughs> kevin yeah i you know, was basically describing tna like just need a little bit of rocket fuel just need to move a little bit closer to where i live and then uh, yeah it would have been perfect my friends ran it as well he says
1: oh yeah of course get to work with all his buddies
0: and then land randomly at the end, he goes, what is your fondest memory of, of Hennig and Hawk?
1: Oh, yeah. And we get a really sudden, like, really quick change of tone. We talk about our departed friends. There's
0: a lot of people on this roster who, uh, like, and again, you know, there are some people who had signed with Vince and there are other people who had just died. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk about Road Warrior Hawk, so the, the LOD straight away, they weren't, you know, part of the pitch and that was, like, the big tag team in it. Mm-hmm. So uh, Hawk had died. You had Kurt Hennig die. Public Enemy in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Grunge had died as well. Like, it's just a lot of death. Like, yeah. Yeah, And it's really, really sad. And Hogan, he's just, like, Why ask him this question? Because it's, I don't say it's disingenuous, but it's like, it's such an. He's like, yeah, Kurt Hennig, you know, he had lots of problems, brother, but like when we were in the locker room, he made me forget about some of mine, and I'll never forget being in the locker room with him. He was a nice guy. All right. And he's like, and Hawk was a bit more intense than, than Kurt. A little bit less fun to hang around, actually. Jesus. But yeah. it's seems like David Brent giving a fucking eulogy yeah. it's like, no one cares Hogan no one wants to know you ready to get into yeah, the last episode let's
1: breathe through this <laughs> It, honestly, this felt like the longest thing we've ever had to watch to review. I know it's not, but it really felt like it was.
0: This is gonna be a one sitting that turned into two sittings.
1: Yeah, well it was, yeah, yeah. exactly what we thought, ah, oh, piece of cake, we'll watch it all in one go, and boy, our eyes were bigger than our belly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yes. it was like 170 minutes runtimes. It like It's shorter than most of the pay-per-views. Mm-hmm.
2: may but the greatest wrestler of all always stands tall. And I sure hope that I end up right in the XWF. So what are you gonna do when the
0: XWF runs wild on you? XWF, 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 XWF. Episode number one, we get uh, our two favorite boys, Jimmy Knob and, sorry, uh, Brian Knobs and Jimmy Hart. Intros in there. They said they started with Greg Valentine to fill the void not to compete. They
1: said they wanted to have no more prima donnas. The past of wrestling, the future of wrestling, the present of wrestling in your face.
0: It's so strange this format for these episodes because it is introed, outroed, and intervilled by inserts from Jimmy Hart and Brian Knobs, who are fucking, you know, it's it's WrestleMania access, baby. They're all fucking, yeah, come on, baby. They're all mm. fucking jazzed up. And it's like, hey, this didn't work out, you know, but we're on the right track. It's really cringy.
1: Yeah, the format is really bargain bin DVD. Like, we've got all this footage. We've got 24 hours to cut it together and sell it. Let's go, 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 go. Like, it's a complete shambles.
0: I'll say right now, i met jimmy hart and brian knobs when i went to like a wrestlemania access way back in the day and i was kind of ironically because i've never liked the nasty boys Mm. and they were fucking great they were fucking incredible they were so nice i was blown away they were like you know taking pictures all having chad jimmy's throwing the megaphone to people everyone's bantering the nasty boys it's like you were in a fucking survivor series team with the nasty boys and we're all on coke but Brian Nobbs is one of the most despicable fucking human beings in the Oh, really? Arsenal. He is such a fucking snake. He is so, I've heard nothing but bad things. Oh. And every new thing I hear turns my stomach. <laughs> Read Ric Flair's book for a, a, a short snippet of some of the horrible things this lad has probably done over the years. But the number one thing I heard about Brian Nobbs, and I think it's so fucking disrespectful and so disgusting. Well, I'm saying it now because I can't talk about him until I've said this. When Randy Savage died, oh god, and you know he died of a heart attack. Brian Knobs found that out. Apparently, there was like uh, they were doing like an autograph signing, and apparently, as soon as the news broke in the autograph signing, Brian Knobs was fucking bouncing off the walls, and he ran around every fucking table to tell everyone, and he was laughing his head off and going, "Oh yeah," Ah!" and pretending like he was being Matchman having a heart attack, and he thought it was so fucking funny fuck you oh my
1: god fuck (laughs) you fuck you
0: you so much fuck that and like wow non-stop like horrible fucking nasty shit I've heard about Brian Knobbs. a real fucking piece of work Hulk Hogan's best pal go figure
1: he really is a nasty boy
0: <laughs> I think we'll call him a nastard <laughs> <laughs> You really are <laughs> So yeah, I just want to say Every time I see Brian Nobbs I hope he gets some sort of fucking wasting disease Because seeing his big <laughs> fucking cartoon windbag bounce off the walls like, hey, so Fuck you, you fucker I hate him so much And they say They've got the biggest stars in wrestling here Like Hulk Hogan yep it's the only example that they give
1: oh Roddy Piper he's not wrestling
0: he's not wrestling he though.
1: will not wrestle
0: we open up oh god Jesus
1: Christ
0: Hulk Hogan you not heard American Made before had you
1: no it's like a really really poor man's ride on time
0: <laughs> <It's>...
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: fucking headache he
0: got- stop it <laughs> you know stones may sink and rocks may fall but the greatest of all still stands tall and if you're not down with the D-O-double-G <laughs> me and my friend X to the P to the A to the C so there's Hogan a little rhyme for us
1: having a go at the rock and the stone there
0: yeah, the stone, Austin. What's this? You're coming You're coming at the king here, mate. Like, seriously. Yeah.
1: Nice little wink and a nod there. In case you haven't got it yet, we don't like the WWF.
0: You know, they may be younger and more talented than me. <laughs> like, what are you trying to prove? Don't draw comparisons. Their show may be more entertaining than ours, dude. But you're watching our show right now, brother Jack. It's like Ric Flair in his book. I remember he was like kind of, he found out about Shawn Michaels. He's like, oh shit, like don't draw too many comparisons because he can do moonsaults and I can't. And he was really paranoid about Mm. like them comparisons being made while they were in separate companies. And Hogan's right there going, well, you know something? (laughs) I'm not wrestling tonight. (laughs) Well, that's only because I don't want to, brother. (laughs) Stock footage of Universal Studios. American made American made Jimmy Hart wrote that song Jimmy Hart wrote all the music which you'll hear here tonight Jimmy Hart is the master and commander of changing just enough notes in a song (laughs) to make it okay
1: I think he pushes the limits of what is acceptable when you're ripping off someone else's music. There is stuff in here that I really felt like, you can't get away with that. That's too much of a copy.
0: Like the original Hulk Hogan, Real American. Mm. (laughs) 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 American made. (laughs) Different
1: song, mate. Totally different about eight of the guys on the roster come out to the same knockoff of beautiful people which literally they don't change the notes they just remove some notes
0: it's just that yeah over and over and over and over piss poor very very crap mean gene red carpet event there's a red carpet rolled out down the ramp which we only come back to once
1: yeah he rented it for like half an hour or something yeah maybe like they
0: were saying that they're going to welcome the legends of the past But it feels that very few people are willing to accept the moniker of a legend of the past. Yes,
1: that's totally what it is. A lot of these guys still think they've got a good few years left. Mm -hmm. And they don't.
0: Speaking of not having a few good years left, the man that passion forgot, Tony Shavante!
1: Won't even look directly in the camera. He's so
0: embarrassed,
1: like. Oh, 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 oh. Can, can I wear a moustache and go buy a different name for this show, please? Hey,
0: if you've not checked out Tony Schiavone's podcast, What Happened When, you can find out what happened when Tony Schiavone didn't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah. Turns out he didn't care. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> His cohort and comrade and colleague here tonight, joining him at ringside, and he literally says this. He said, I've announced with all the greats, I've announced with Bobby Heenan, with Larry Sabisco. Funny if he didn't mention Dusty Rhodes, which is so funny. Yeah. But he mentions all the big names he's commentated with, but he's never commentated with this man. And that's why he's come out of retirement to come here, and announce for the XWF. He gets to be the broadcast colleague of Jerry, the King Lawler.
1: Off that big WCW contract he got signed to that year, right? Eh? Yeah, it's pretty much.
0: It's like the end of Infinity War. Like, he contracts turns to dust. No! <laughs>
1: well, yeah, Vince really shouldn't have let Jerry slip through his fingers. Now the XWF is going to really fucking skyrocket just
0: with him. a now. little bit of rocket fuel, Adam. That's Aww. all it takes. A little bit of rocket fuel. So he comes out. This was so awkward because this was like a fucking one-two punch that you and I got right yep. from the fucking nutsack of cringy, horrible... I can make nasty jokes about you, Jerry Lawler, but they can never be as nasty and cruel as your actual fucking life because Jesus Christ.
1: So he comes out with a tall blonde lady. A
0: cat-like lady.
1: And it's very obvious. They're going through marital problems. We know him and the cat split up somewhere around this period. And
0: we know that this is around the period as well where... She changed the locks. Yes. This much we knew, because he wrote on his website, why did you change the locks?
1: So this woman comes out with him and we think, wow, that's blatantly him wanting to be seen on camera with a woman that isn't his wife. She's a replacement for the cat. That's pretty gross. How do they top that off, Kevin?
0: We get introduced to her name. Which is? Kitten. The kitten. So like the cat, but younger. Even younger. You can change the locks, but I can just change you. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. He's like, he's so bad. He goes, "Don't let's leave her here because she'll do stuff. <laughs> she'll, she'll service us.
1: He says, if we have any needs during the show, she will take care of them. And where is Kitten the whole night, Adam? Standing behind the two men.
0: So she stands there with her hands on Jerry. Yep. And bless her, like she has a deer in the headlights look about her. And she seems so uncomfortable and it feels like this is literally what happens when someone gets approached with all the fucking celebrity and charisma of someone like Jerry Lawler who's like, go do this thing. And Mm. she clearly doesn't know. It's like, hey, do you know the shit that's going on with his wife at the moment? And all this really nasty, weird stuff. And this poor fucking woman who you never hear from again in wrestling. Nope. She just fucking stood there like a piece of fucking meat. It's so gross. You know what she
1: says? Nothing. She yeah. doesn't get spoken to all evening. She is literally there to stand behind the man,
0: And she, she rubs Jerry's neck intermittently. And that's this it. This is basically, under his own terms, this is what Jerry will be doing pretty yep, much definitely. all the time. Oh, man, imagine if some of that old Memphis stuff comes up. Because, like, you know, he did Memphis TV all throughout 2000, 2001, yeah, the whole time. that's going to be dark. He was wrestling regularly. Oh, my God, can you only imagine? Ugh. Gene is looking old and sad and fucking dusty
1: joe pointed out how
0: dusty he is yeah joe was down here because we were pretty confident that how to wrestling will never go and look at xwf
3: <laughs>
1: famous
0: last word hey joe you want to break up <laughs> you know so uh she was down here she got to see some of the the action here and yet she pointed out that mean gene looked like a dusty old heirloom that'd been taken down from the attic like what mean gene really I mean, I think he's up there, but it's been a few years. I aren't. bet he
1: still doesn't work after all.
0: Oh, my God, it bloody turns on I after told all you that. my Millennium Falcon was up here. You said you <laughs> gave away to goodwill. He's, he's fine. He's got his original suit and everything. Are you all right, Gene? <laughs> well, actually, my Shh, it's okay, Gene. It's okay. Big old suit on him as well. Oh, he looks really tragic. Seriously, his whole outfit has got the uh, the kind of the hold and the form of a wizard's sleeve. It's, it's oh. this draping velour material. Yeah, luxury, mean Jean Okerlund. He introduces the boss of this whole organization, the CEO. Here she comes, of I mean, right? She's not a great wrestler. No, she's not. So we use her for her strengths, her performance. Yeah, it's Rena Mero. It's sable. She is. The Vince McMahon figure of this company.
1: Yeah, and just two years before, crowds would go crazy every time she was on screen, so... I guess I see some logic in having her as an on-screen character.
0: Well, you want her, you want her to be there and you want her to be a focal point. Because I don't think Sable... Sable said before she doesn't want to wrestle. Like mm-hmm. She didn't like want... She wanted to be a character or whatever. She didn't really care about the wrestling side of things. And she had actually said in so many words that she was done with wrestling. I know. <laughs> this is really sad. This is like after the second Playboy. You know, mm-hmm. and this is kind of like, oh, yeah. Red Country not bring you back for a third episode. That's very strange.
1: She's someone that is famously dispassionate about wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, she could really couldn't care less so why is she supposed to be the owner and like founder of this wrestling federation that is about the good old days and it's about pure wrestling and the future of pure
0: wrestling she buries vince and wwf so hard it's like kind of like well you see him for sexual harassment so you might as well come out with both barrels May here as well
1: for many years the wrestling
5: industry has been run by sleazy low-down egomaniacs oh my god whoa And its policies dictated by has-beens and never-were's desperately trying to cling on past their best days. It is a business that has grown strong by breaking the hearts, minds, and backs of its most valuable resource,
0: the wrestlers. Well, things are about to change. The XWF is an even playing field. No more prima donnas. And no more politics whoa and she's like for so long this business has been dominated by inferior silly little men who are more concerned she's basically just talking about vince yep. she's talking about vince about like you're putting himself over and i get that i understand like vince you could look at 2001 and very very easily make the claim that vince mcmahon put himself on tv far too much he's a very very entertaining character and he can cut a hell of a promo sable so woodenly navigates her way through this promo that was kind like Greg Valentine, Roddy Piper, like no, no, have her say this, yeah, have yeah. her say the blood of these, you know, it's like the blood of all of these superstars is on your hands. No more politics. What's your favourite Sable promo? <laughs> um, oh, um,
1: um, just tell my fans goodbye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my favourite one is when she stared at Linda McMahon right in the face and said, I don't think you have what it takes anymore, Linda, to satisfy a genuine American sex symbol like Vince McMahon.
1: I wonder who wrote that line. I don't know. Maybe it was Linda who wrote that right, line. You can
0: sue us, but you have to say this line. Oh. Okay. We'll hire you back, but you have to use ten of my special McMahon lines. God, here. that's
1: so horrible. And a,
0: you have to say that right who's it more horrible for Sable yes or Linda who has to sit oh, there and watch Jesus it. Go, Christ well, my husband really did a number on this lady huh? like, oh. oh she introduces the commissioner Rowdy, Roddy Piper, who's in a great place. He's a bit too rowdy tonight.
5: My frat brothers, my fellow wrestlers, I've seen them in here, I've seen them crying, and I've seen them here dying for you right in the ring, and I've seen promoters take the money home and not give a damn about nothing. We're going to start fans the XWF is a league that is built for wrestlers that can achieve success through talent. Amen. Not, not through staying living next door to the promoter. I've been an underdog my whole life. Gene, I've been under some dogs. I've been under I, some I know about dogs. That. This is
0: Roddy Piper at a very weird time in his life.
1: He's... Dressed like Symbiote Roddy Piper, like he's got <laughs> the the black kilt, even. Like I hate Hulk Hogan. Summer. <laughs> Everything's black, and it's and he's acting all weird, and it's
0: really sad. He buries pros as well. Yeah, and he gets well out of hand really quickly. He's like, wrestlers are dying in this ring because of you. All right, okay. Just wanted to watch some wrestling,
1: mate. Right? Don't yeah. want to talk about how bad the industry's gotten. He's
0: literally two months away from you know grabbing Vince Russo and saying he murdered Owen Hart on TNA. Jesus. So, you know, he's in a dark place. He even he buries everyone. He's like, there'll be no more people getting a push because they live next door to the promoter. He's just burying DDP with that one, you know. Yeah. The coke breath on him as well. That's how he can best... Right in the mic. Rah. Rah. Yeah. Rah. Yeah. Roddy is raised by wrestling, is what he said. I mean, if you listen to How To Piper, we did our whole episode with Roddy literally oh, yeah. had no family but wrestling.
1: Very interesting story that man had. Like. Yeah,
0: I mean, he was molded, brought into the brotherhood of wrestling, if you are the fraternity, if you want to call it that, and raised by the ideals of wrestling. And we all know the ideals of wrestling, you know, uh, maybe the heart's in the right place a lot of the time, but the ideals of wrestling lead to a lot of miserable lives. Mm. I think Roddy is a victim of being raised by wrestling as well as a product of that just remember he to me with the cable guy uh, oh you know, the, way, the whole thing of that is like I, I was yeah. raised by TV yeah and it's kind of like shit Roddy was raised by like wrestling. backstage old timey shitty wrestling that's all he ever knew and it's, it fucked him up yeah and he screams to her you deal with the money I'll deal with the slime which is what John Cena said uh, before he hosted the Kids Choice Awards <laughs> Which that is, is uh, great gag. Which is what, uh, n- uh, which is what Noel Edmond said when opening the Crinkly Bottom Theme Park <laughs> in Somerset to the Somerset County Council. You deal with the money. I'll deal with the slime, and that's why it uh, was such a failure, wasn't it? Because the work didn't work out in the end. You just followed the slime <laughs> and Mister Mr. Mr. Blobby, Mister uh, Blobby stuff.
1: You've topped Big Break in terms of old, buried, over British culture that people had forgotten about the crinkly bottom amusement park.
0: Uh, you know, we we said in an episode recently about how me, you, and Billy were like we never really wanted to be wrestlers when we were kids, and like a lot of mm. people were kind shocked by that. Like I think kind of oh, really? Yeah, they're like, oh, everyone has to want to be arrested at some point no you don't i've not want to be arrested well, i would, i would like to be like you know a manager just someone who walks out so i could tell them where i want my hometown to be i'd like it to be crinkly bottom <laughs> and when they say from crinkly bottom i want to do the big stop and you know, the other stare in the eyes like <laughs> you all sit down shut up you don't know about it don't <laughs> laugh <laughs> this is my house party <laughs> oh the kiss demon's here
4: this is gene simmons this is the base i use On the last tour, you better get ready to rock and roll all night and party every day. You have not seen what my demon to do yet. You may look like your next door neighbor, but he's
2: not. No, he's coming to get you in your face.
1: Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons are there to promote him.
0: Gene Simmons is like, there's seven seconds remaining on this promo. Otherwise, you got to give me another hundred million (laughs) dollars. Uh, I don't know why Kiss are here. Mm. I don't know why Paul Stanley is there. He seems a lot more into it than uh, Gene Simmons is. Mm. Gene Simmons is probably making a lot more money, though, than Paul Stanley. I imagine. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he says, wait till you see what my demon will do. He doesn't appear the rest of the night. You don't
1: see him again? <laughs> oh man. I want to see what the demon can do.
0: Well, here we go. Fucking hell, we're only just getting into the first match. Let's get it first of 14 contests here tonight. Ring the fucking bell. It's Billy's fave. Big Vito, the man who's the Prince of Staten Island. I'm not sure if that's uh, just stealing Carmella's gimmick. <laughs> Taking on Buff Bag. Buff Bag, well, here he is. And I quite like this as well, because Roddy Piper in his promo was like, No one's mama's going to be ringing up saying, Oh, can you pick up my boy and get him a job? Literally Buff Bagwell's mother. Yeah. All right, don't be... If you, you see what happened there? In your burying of the rock... <laughs> yeah, he got you carried actually away. eviscerated Buff Bagwell. <laughs> like, you to push the rock, and you pushed through the rock and killed Buff Bagwell in one blow. <laughs> Massive veto chance.
1: Surprising.
0: The crowd are a little bit... Um, a little bit sweetened up, I think. A little bit of juice in that crowd, I think.
1: They're a little bit... Unanimated for how loud they're being, shall we say.
0: They are genuinely when the close-ups come onto them they're very animated
1: sometimes
0: but man they they go right up with them close-ups it's someone like with two thumbs down going boo I hate VO can I have my
1: $10 now please yeah yeah. as soon as the bell rings like instantly ding 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 we get distracted by a picture in picture in the bottom corner (coughs) the nasty voice is going we're back and then the (coughs) match continues they go away is that an accident (laughs) like was that meant to be there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like they leaned on a button like yes yeah, oh, like, i wouldn't be surprised it's a
0: sham yeah so the nasty boys are here can't wait for that i'm sure they'll have a great match later on this really reminded me of heroes of wrestling straight from the get-go how so this stilted atmosphere everyone being mm. like yeah the
1: wrestlers yeah. what are they doing
0: i hate this like, yeah like this is like baywatch at like, the beach this is terrible
1: i will say maybe the nicest thing i can say about this whole show Is despite the fact that so much of it looks cheap, like the graphics and Mm. the set and the ring and everything like that looks very low budget, the production quality is okay. Like the the camera work is fine. It's not brilliant, but it's like it's better than Ring of Honor. Better than WCW. Yeah, it's totally watchable and it's like the closest you get to a sort of wwf style on an independent level
0: i kind of i view it as what wcw would have been like if they had infinite time and they went in they like you know had enough time to edit it all and like piece yeah. it all together because this is obviously has been edited re-edited yeah. so many times it's a very tightly knit little product as a result but yeah you don't miss action you the you know the cameras are decent. The sound is decent. Yeah, you can hear everything fine. I know that seems like the most basic of basic things, but you don't get that with you know I don't get didn't get that with Ring of Honor when I watched Hardly back in the day. Ever. You know, no. so they have the bare minimum of production values, which is probably where most of that two million dollars went. Yeah, probably. Very basic action, though. This is like the work rate I imagine from a WCW house show, as in it's like, you know, big V on Buff Bagwell. They're lads in their early 30s. You know, there's no excuse for this, like, oh, teasing the body slam, teasing the hip toss. Like, do a move. There's no way you're putting me in a hammer. Oh! No way. Someone get me a key. I can't get out of this headlock. Buff Bagwell's going ball, Bagwell, huh? Oh buff. And uh, he picks up the win. Buff Bagwell, staring with a big smile on his face, after being asked politely to leave the WBF, No more prima donnas. Brother gets played right at the end of the match.
1: Just a little two-second insert of Hogan. No more
0: prima donnas. <laughs> you get lots of that. A little like kind of a, you know uh, you, you top and tail the matches with a little bit of Hogan. Kind of going, here I am. Yeah. You know XWF in your face. I'm always reminding you. I'm always here.
1: It's like a loading screen for the DVD or something. It's like, like if your
0: parents went away for the weekend, like, yes, they're not here, but they left loads of aggressive notes everywhere. <sighs> oh, every time I, I'm trying to oh, I get reminded of them being there. Luchador a poach. Roddy Piper backstage.
1: Oh, I will say, we didn't just skim over that match. Oh, yeah, that
0: match was like wooden and done, like.
1: Yeah, it was like 90 seconds.
0: That's an interesting one now. The, the, the speed of these matches. You've got, I think, just two or three that go over five minutes
1: maybe two yeah maybe
0: but the vast majority it's like 90 seconds bell to bell yeah and I'm not sure why that is is that because I thought it was like oh it's the old style of wrestling we're going back to WWF superstars like you used to see the squash matches I thought is that kind of it like you're going to have the stars squash the jobbers and then you'll have at the pay-per-view <laughs> the yeah, matches yeah
1: that's it they're not building up to anything there's no real feuds no there's no championship
0: yeah, there's actually there is no there's only no, one. There's you know, a
1: cruiserweight belt they set up.
0: Yeah, which is where we're getting to now. The luchadors all approach Roddy Piper backstage. He was clearly fucked off his head. He is mm. he's all over the place. Like you know, Roddy's a he's a card, but Roddy is more than a card here at the moment. He's yeah. fucking grumbling under his breath. He's fucking all over the place. He talks about how they're all amazing. Like they tried to. Keep their ethos and justify doing what WCW would have done, which is like, oh a bunch of fucking Jabroni Cruiseways. Put them all in a fucking battle royale. And Ryan's like, When I started, I had to go through every contender one by one. I had to wrestle for years before I got
1: book the damn man. You're
0: all so great, you all get to have your title opportunity right now, and you're all so great, none of you get entrances or nameplates or anything like that.
1: Boo. It's
0: really sad to see luchadors without masks.
1: Yeah, I know, and just no one, like you say, no one's given any emphasis. It's not even like you see the last entrance where it's like, oh, about this guy's the big deal. It's just, here's a bunch of dudes, they're going to throw each other out of the ring.
0: And if you are, like, someone who's trying to get into wrestling or, like, kind of wants this little new show to give it a whirl as an alternative, and you've got all these amazing luchadors, I mean, if you had that backstage segment, you saw Psychosis, Hoovy, Conan, all those guys with their masks and stuff, or even, you know, some of them, mm. but they're all the same. They're all wearing, like, fucking you know leather pants yep. and fucking vests and black t-shirts they all look like a bunch of fucking like they all dressed like stephen richards trying to you know revamp yes. himself or something like that it's yeah. crap really crap nobodies so they're in a battle royale later tonight uh-oh adam here he comes the machine himself Hail, hail. He's taking on. Marty Jadini, lock up your daughters. Well, lock up his daughter, I guess.
1: Lock up your ankles, man.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. Hail's important because he's got louder music than anyone else. He's a big galoot. He's a stupid big face on him. He breathes with his mouth open. He's got shit goatee. His eyes look like he's about to fall asleep. He is the absolute definition... Of a frail whale Hell is a frail whale He is so fucking frail picks him up big press Sam down into his middle kneeling fucking side breaker. Uh, picks up the big power uh, Sam Oh, a little shoulder breaker
1: for fuck's sake pathetic
0: he looks
1: a little bit like Homer Simpson yes he has got a real Homer head like not the body no it's like when Homer climbs the, the huge mountain and he gets really buff the
0: murder horn the
1: murder horn that's it <laughs> that era of Homer is what yeah. we're looking at here
0: Hale's full of power bars you know. <laughs> it's full of apples and old Chinese newspapers I do like the Jimmy Hart it's called jimmy the heart
1: god damn, he's got that horrible massive ringleader jacket that's covered in xwf <laughs> Look branding at that big
0: blazer baby Woo! It, in your face it beats some baked potatoes
1: oh and also should we talk about what's on the ring apron as well
0: ah yes the wxf
1: yeah so the normal xwf is like a red spray paint kind of logo the big right? x like the big a red x big big attitude like
0: i think you know the, the kind of the visuals of the XWF, it's fire, electricity, explosions. Yeah. It's nitro and thunder combined, essentially.
1: Exactly. That's the branding. They just nick flames and they've nicked lightning from the other two shows and they just combined that. But the aprons clearly were made much earlier and they didn't get the chance or the money, maybe, to mm. replace them because that has what I assume is an old prototype logo which reads WXF because it has a massive X in the middle. It's not even
0: that massive. It's just because there's a massive head over it.
1: They just rearranged the letters to put this head in the middle with an X over the face, and it looks like it's been nailed into the face, and the face is like...
0: It looks like Hale wearing a Mankind mask.
1: Yes. Yes, it does.
0: I, honestly, the way the announcers talk and the way they act about Hale is like he is the fucking second coming. It's like, it's literally like, hey, Goldberg, we're going to do you the yeah. one better because he's taller he's than bigger. you. What's Hale's big finisher?
1: The fucking atomic leg drop.
0: It's just, they're building up to yeah. that You're old, so The right. Hogan thing. like it. It'll so be right. leg drop versus leg drop. Yeah. Hogan will slam Hale and it'll be... You know, it's so sad to think in 2001 that that's what they're fucking going to... That's their idea. That's what they're going to invest millions of dollars in. Yeah, fucking right, lad. You wouldn't mind as if, like, this is what they wanted to do in WCW and they get the chance. They did this in Mm. 1999 and again in 2000. Yeah. Hogan had the return to the yellow and the fucking... the red and orange or whatever and the red and yellow and to be the old Hulk Hogan and slamming the big guy. That's where the fucking wall came from, lads. Yeah. You know? Oh, speaking of the man himself, his fucking heel nephew, Horace Hogan, taking on Ian... <laughs> Ian Harrison. Right, Horace Hogan, first of all, is just incredible with gigantism.
1: Yeah, he looks so... I'm trying to think of the best way of putting this. He looks a bit like Lenny from Of Mice and Men <laughs> like just sort of lumbering around like probably needs someone to lead him in there like
0: and the best thing is because he's got like you know he's got your, your typical bad guy uh, but not in great shape outfit of like you know the, the, the jeans but he's got his name written on them and it's mm. kind of like spray paint it looks like hashtag Oris <laughs> <laughs> I just used to like seeing bald dudes with hashtags because of the fucking good brothers you know on Smackdown or whatever Aris? but uh, Oris like so Oris Hogan's is taking on Ian Harrison, who you know what, he's from your country, you can explain this fucking abomination. <laughs> what he's, is he? It's so hard to look at. When he comes out, Jerry was like, Wow, <laughs> he's the ugliest man I've ever seen. He's he, He's hideous.
1: He's He's like a regular roidy wrestler, like a wrestler that's already pretty roidy. Got the powers from Space Jam to make him into a big, scare Because he looks evil. He looks like a monster with, like, the piercing eyes. Yep. And he looks like he should mutate and grow two more arms, like Goro from Mortal Kombat. He's so huge. He does lots of grunts. He's constantly opening his eyes and going... And maybe the scariest, most unbelievable fact about him, we immediately looked him up. He's still alive, Kevin. (laughs) i find it incredible that, that this man is alive but when he said he was alive
0: you're like yeah yeah you're saying sure, alive. Yeah. it's fucking batman beyond bane in a wheelchair right <laughs> that's what he fucking is
3: it's kind of <laughs> like as a
0: living symbol of why you don't beat this <laughs> and he's coming
1: out when well. he goes to schools to teach yeah,
0: kids about please. don't
1: make the same mistake right?
0: yeah you had to turn the dial all the way up didn't you even after your eyes start bulging out of your mask.
3: Oh, he's so horrible. He's so horrible.
0: Oh, God. Batman would look at him and go, I got this, don't worry. Just, <laughs> you know? <laughs> he, 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 this is going to be easy like uh, This fucking lad on Titan Or whatever the fuck he He's, is like. How
6: is he alive?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's absurd And he comes out as well To like little like
6: <laughs> 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 It doesn't
0: work It does so much to Like ruin American UK relationships Yeah Like there was Cool Britannia and then there was Ian Harrison in his little fucking tunic (laughs) going A a Union Jack tunic. Oh yeah, and he wears it for ages. (laughs) And I'm like, Why are you covering up this why are you covering up this body, big man? And then he takes it off and Joey's like, "Ah!" put it back on. It's horrible. (laughs) I expect it to be another. Like Krang. (laughs) 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 Or
1: like Nemesis from Resident Evil. Oh my
0: god. He is so horrible. He's (laughs) grotesque. It's like the fucking, you're the final boss in Doom, is a horrible nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he is. He's horrible. He's so, and he can't stop screaming as well. Oh. And King at the end goes, I'm sorry, he's just unbelievably ugly, isn't he? Wins with a leg scissors as well. Fucking hell, yeah, a really bad looking one. And it's so bad because in this match, the whole time, he has this look, and every appearance he has, he has this look which is like, come on for fuck's sake, God, it's real, I'm taking it seriously, you do. Yeah. He looks constantly annoyed at his opponent. Yeah. That it's like, come on. And he's sloppy, and he's scary, and he's no business being in a fucking restaurant. No, of the room. no chance. A lot of fucking wellness testing going on in the XWF, lads, is there? <laughs> Maybe even more bad? <laughs> the bad man, Johnny B. Bad. Here he is, Mark Morrow, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Johnny B. Bad, and I'm back. The XWF is in your face. What about this pretty face? I'm a bad man. Out of retirement, and I'm worse than ever.
1: He's got a sparkly caftan on. He looks so silly. He
0: does. He looks very silly. He looks like he's wearing. He looks like he's playing the wizard, and he's running <laughs> around with his shiny cape on. Him. Go away! You, you retired, Mark merrill So Nobbs pops in to give us an update. Wow! Can you believe that Gene Simmons plugged us? A lot of stuff was going our way.
1: In your face, the future of wrestling, the past of wrestling, traditional values is not the same as the WWF.
0: What cartoon animal is Brian Nobbs most like? Because I think he's like Bebop and Rocksteady. Dunk, Definitely. Don't got mixed up in a kind of splicing machine. Yeah, you, I
1: don't think you're going to beat Bebop and Rocksteady because they're the perfect amalgamation of gross.
0: <laughs> or how about your man, the baddie from Biker Mice from Mars, who's like a grotesque amphibian alien who just had a human skin over his head. Like, Ugh. he's actually a, a big kind of Jabba the Hutt type character underneath there.
1: I nearly would say... Nobs is Oogie Boogie Man from Nightmare Before <laughs> Christmas, but, but he's too cute to be bright. To be Nobs, like the Oogie Boogie Man looks too cuddly to be him. So it's like, Oogie
0: Man after he has his yeah. shit pulled up. <laughs> my broke. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> cruiserweight battle royale time to crown the cruiserweight champion.
1: Yeah, you get a look at the
0: belt. I I did not. There is none. Oh, there isn't a champion. That's okay because Tony's got us all psyched up. You may remember some of these men; others you may not. Oh boy! Wow, all our favourites are there, and some ones we don't know. Uh, is that who's that in the crowd, Kevin? Who's that? That hot new signee watching the match? Uh, the star of MTV's Tough Enough. Maven? No, it's uh, Josh Matthews. Uh, oh,
1: oh yeah, the, that guy. That See, one. Josh
0: doesn't like to hang around with the other actual sign dressers in the WWF. He kind of he, he finds it very annoying. He likes <laughs> to do his own thing in the XWF. You understand? Josh Matthews. Big smile on him there. He's in the crowd. Hat pulled over him. What's Matthew Joshery doing here in the impact zone? You know, they give him the, the star treatment there. I mean, it's smart of them to do that. If WWE hadn't signed him at that point, you know, we're halfway through a tough enough review at the moment. He is, I mean, if him and Chris Nowinski would be the two lads, I'd be like, yep, sign, sign, sign. Yeah. Because they definitely. knew what they were
1: doing. Right attitude. Even what? if he has got a chip on his shoulder. Like, More than Maven. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think Josh Matthews and Nowinski have more to offer a company like this than WWE do at the time, That's I actually true. think. Yeah. Low Key is in there as well. hmm They did rename him to Low Kick.
1: Are you serious? Yep. For Okay, that's, that's fine. That's fine. There's a
0: lot of high spots in this match, and I would be lying if I said that it was a boring match. But no. it's one of those things where you go back now. And it's it's like watching a lot of the cruiserweight stuff with the young guys from 2001 in WCW, where it's not primarily like the luchadors who've come over and are bringing you their style. It's just kind of like, hey man, let's change it up a little bit. It's kind of what the Indies was about in the 2001, the Chris Daniels, the AJ Styles, yes. your Kid Cashes and whatnot. And the thing about that style is, is that it's still very much in its infancy here. It's it's like high spots plus question mark equals uh, profit. Yeah. You know, it's just a bunch of high spots, most of which look dangerous yeah. and scary. And it's like where we are at the moment in 2018, where you have the likes of a Seth Rollins or a Finn Balor or a Charlotte or whoever it may be who can do this like st- spot or these styles of spots, but have it in a match that makes sense and yeah. flows with a story. Much cleaner. It makes watching this kind of feel a bit. I don't know, I can watch the highlights package and not much else. It's
1: it's the closest we've come to excitement in Ring, but hmm. even then, it's still just, yeah.
0: Like, Cash and Low Kick they are the two stars in this match but like even when it comes down to them there's so many botches like they collide mid-air it's really fucking stiff and horrible looking and like the big eliminations have to be Kid Cash doing a big spin kick on Daniels to get him out of there and instead all he actually does is he uses his ass on Daniels' ass to eliminate his ass it's Mm -hmm. just like two butts bump into each other it's like so Kid Ass wins alright who is not a nice person? Apparently,
1: and he has not got a belt to show for it.
0: No, I bet you're fucking glad that Paul Heyman listened to Kid Rock back in the day, huh?
1: <laughs> well, you'd be nothing. You'd like... Got a nice
0: little career out of that, like of the CD Paul Heyman happened to be listening to. And so... if Kid Rock wasn't Paul Heyman's boy at all, <laughs> you'd be gone, and you know it. Everybody knows it. So Josh goes off with Kid Cash. Why? Because Kid Cash just loves the wrestling business. He loves new people coming in. He loves giving everyone a look in behind the door. It's yeah, like, hey, yeah. you're a great fan. You're a great kid. You love wrestling. Let's come out. I'm a real positive guy. That's definitely how I am. Yes. Cooper. Alice Cooper. Oh God. So Cooper calls it his nightmare. It's called Twin Peaks straight away. I <laughs> said, Diane. I watched a really shit wrestling show last night. Alice Cooper. Welcome to the XWF. It's my nightmare.
1: In what? your face. It's because
0: you're not getting your money back, is that it? Like,
1: mm.
0: I only got a lunch at the investors meeting and nothing else, really. Like. It was
1: literally like they just caught him before a round of golf. Like, real quick, boys, come on.
0: 2001, though, Alice Cooper, that was really at the peak of his fame. You know, he had a lot of things going for him there, you know. Really on an upward trajectory mm. there. The Nasty Boys taking on the most appearingest team here tonight. The most appearingest new guys I'm talking about the Shane Twins. Homer and Homer, the Gemini. <laughs> two homers. This is really bad because Joe's obsessed with homers. She mm. watched this and this was a wrestling federation full of homers. There's
1: a lot, and I mean a lot of homers here. These two are like the sort of two overweight Ryback homers, I'd say.
0: A great name for their tag team would be Rybacks. <laughs> it's two of them <laughs> it's just two of them yeah. two lads who are big muscly dudes but look fucking exhausted all the time mm-hmm. and are kind of just boulder ball men and I think being face twins as men in wrestling it's like I don't think there's much money to be made there no, for your lads
1: heels all the way like... you gotta be
0: heels or be the Bella twins you know yeah. that's kind of I think they can get away with it but yeah. no one wants to see two of the same boring looking lads this makes you more boring fun fact about the Gemini I. Uh, if you're a wrestling toy enthusiast, mm. if you like wrestling toys, the Gemini are the most underselling, overproduced uh, <laughs> battle pack ever produced oh, by Jacks. No. Jacks are kind of told ahead of time who the kind of the big guys are gonna be. And they're told these Gemini, they're gonna get a big push. Seriously, make a lot of these toys, they're gonna be everywhere. And they got put with Simon Dean and like literally after a week it's like, Yeah, you guys suck, we're getting rid of you. And Simon Dean was just back on his own again. And you can probably still, if we go to a Toys R Us now, we got a, a couple of shovels and a torch we go to Toys R Us, and buried 16 under. We'll find a couple of Shane twins, action figures in there. Damn. The Gemini, Barry and Keith, whatever the fuck they were called. <laughs> Nobbs steals Christian's gimmick from the nasty boys. He's coming out here. He has got Christian's exact sunglasses on.
1: The proper over the top of the head goggles. Like What a piece of fucking shit. Scumbag.
0: They do nothing
1: Nothing happens
0: Knobs gets light And the Gemini win Knobs goes to attack them afterwards And falls over You had so many years to edit this To make it look right And this is the cut you went with Yep LOD make the save <sighs> And we get a nice coherent promo From Animal We've around this country From one
2: federation to the other Now we're here in the Big Ten The SWN And we are going to kick. Keep- He
1: doesn't even say well, Kevin. Hawk doesn't say well. Oh. Doesn't look too well. He doesn't.
0: Help! (laughs) You know? It's awful. It looks really fucking bad here. It's really sad to see these lads just fucking rolling around here. Mm. Back in the bus with with our pal, Willie Nelson. He says, uh, it's going to be in your face, XWF.
1: Oh, is is XWF that thing that's like about wrestling's past, present, and future? Yes, in your face! No, no, prima donnas. Am I remembering that right?
0: And would you look at you, you? Got XWF all over your fucking face. Come here to me. <laughs> oh my Jesus Christ! Kurt Hennig, he's not Mister Perfect. He's mm, Mister Incredible. Oh, they literally call him
1: that. They, he keeps telling everyone that he's incredible.
0: Everything I do is incredible. Mm, uh, not here it ain't. And you know the sad thing is. Is that it's like, oh, you used to be perfect, but now you're incredible. And Mm -hmm. that in itself is a downgrade. So it's Mr. Perfect, Mr. Incredible, taking on Vampiro. And it's so shocking to see how bad Kurt Hennig looks here.
1: This is like... Two months, six weeks before his Royal Rumble comeback in '02, where like, he
0: comes back, like when he comes out and he like it's the moment where he stands on the ramp and when he comes out of the Royal Rumble. It's like Jesus Christ, holy shit! And stood still. Yes, he
1: looks immaculate, right?
0: And when you kind of feel like what he probably had to do to get into that shape and what he took and how
1: quickly it took its toll, like
0: yeah, because he looks so fucking. He looks weary world weary his eyes have sunk into his head, he looks heavy, he just but he can still do pretty
1: much everything. He can do his perfect shtick. He can't wrestle as good as he could in the other companies here. Like it's
0: really, really bad. Bobby Heenan's here. Gets his own entrance. I am no longer a
2: manager. I am now an agent. Uh-oh. And I'm an agent for probably the greatest athlete in pro sports today. He's a man that made Minnesota famous. He is the most accomplished wrestler you'll ever see. Ladies and gentlemen, stand up and give a big hand to the one and only Kurt Hennig.
0: I mean, Bobby Heenan got turned down by WWE and it's really sad that like he did the WrestleMania 17 and he's like, I remember there was a shoot interview and he was done and he was like, ah, oh, it's such a great time. And, like a month later, he's like, oh, still waiting by the phone. You know, I'm sure they'll call me back any moment now. Because you know Bobby Heenan the whole time he was in WCW never said a foul word against the no because
1: he hated WCW yeah. like
0: and I thought Vince would reward that poor fucker Jimmy Hart will reward that he'd be a nice spot mm. here it's sad to see Bobby Heenan kind of like the memories of Heenan as a manager kind of because he stopped doing it you know by '93 he was kind of done and they bring it back for this and then he's come back here and say hmm like, it's just it's kinda of like the other way how Heyman when he came back and he was older, but he had kind of he had evolved into a new version of the Yes, role. Different and Heyman. Heenan calls himself an agent here, but it's just like he's trying to do the old shtick, his voice is kinda of going, he's had problems with his throat, and it's like, Ugh. I kind of in a way I see why WWE didn't bring him back. Mm. But I felt like you could and even if he watched it on camera, he could have had so
1: something. It could have been forever. yeah, give him a job, like a guy like Heenan that's been around for so long and is so clever, like there's something that he could have done for your company.
0: Vampiro's been watching some Raven tapes so He's he's like basically doing like an entire Raven promo But his voice gets distorted So you can't tell I'm ripping him off So many years I've had to
4: stand back And watch the guys with no passion, no talent Get the big breaks I've been lied to, buried, cheated Jealousy, politically blocked, shoved in the back Driven underground Well no more The learning curve has gone full circle And for the first time I'm realizing To get what you want you're gonna have to just stand up and take it xwf get ready for the resurrection of vampiro this is my time
0: violence jealousy shoved in the back
2: oh no shoved oh in no the back. he got shoved in the back
0: i want a hot dog <laughs> <laughs> shoved in the back didn't get to see my favorite concert. <laughs> so shit. Heenan's wearing the fucking tuxedo jacket from wrestlemania 3 yeah Ugh. and also uh, mr incredible's entrance music interesting did you what happened here? He accidentally went into the dark world. Yeah. It's what's happened here. Bobby Heaton's a fucking rabbit and Kurt Hennig is Mr. Incredible. You know, what the fuck is, going, is going on? Going like? on? <laughs> <laughs> fucking awful. Kurt looks fucked pretty much immediately. Yeah. Like I, I won't say he's gassed, but he looks like he's in pain.
1: He looks unwell. Not gassed. No. Just not comfortable.
0: He's the best thing on this fucking whole show isn't like, that fucking sad it's really it's kind of like remember when like Tully Blanchard was like you know not you know he clearly wasn't 100% Tully Blanchard but a hero's arrest and he had the promo and he had the fucking bit of fire yeah this is the closest I think is Kurt Hennig mm. a bit but even still Heenan being there makes it very sad Vampiro does his big move yep it's a spin kick from the top rope which pretty much is like he shoves Kurt Hennig's face right up his ass it looks like he's gonna kill him and break his neck Brain is about to kind of interfere in the match, and Roddy Piper runs out. He hits Heenan in the face. He hits Henning with some brass knuckles. The idea, I think, is meant to be that Roddy, the commissioner, is so gung ho and there being no trickery in the matches that he's getting involved physically. Right. And uh, Vampiro picks up the win. Slow down, lads. It's literally a minute into this match. And yep. it's like, you know, the intro is longer than this. Yep. And it, it ends with Rena Mero, Piper, Vampiro all standing tall yet arguing with each other. End of episode one.
1: And they don't explain what they're arguing about. You're just left in this incredibly confusing image.
0: The announcers are just left to their own devices. It's like, call like you see it, guys. And it's meant to be this big feud that's building up here, and no one knows.
1: There is a huge disconnect there, because all the way through these three episodes, there's this meant to be something between Roddy and Rena that the announcers do not explain and we don't get to understand but it's the only fucking feud on this whole show like yeah. is Rena and Roddy.
0: And pretty much what I told you there they don't say that I've said that. You worked that <laughs> out like yeah. <laughs>
1: That's
0: kind of like I had to piece it together yeah. read between the lines go on the subreddit like share some fan theories. So we cut to the end of the episode so we've got a little bit of happy talk from Jimmy Hart and Brian nubs
2: Oh Jimmy what a start for the XWF. One hell of a battle royal, Kid Cash, our first XWF Cruiserweight Champion. And our good friends, Willie Nelson and Alice Cooper stopping by to say a few things. Hey, old feuds rekindling the Road Warriors again after the nasty boys butts. But unfortunately, Road Warrior Hawk and Kurt Henning are no longer with us. They will be deeply missed in the wrestling world and beloved by fans all over the world. They were friends, true friends with me and Jimmy Hart, and we will never forget them, and neither will the XWF.
0: Oh man, what a great first episode. Can you believe, Jimmy, that, that Alice Cooper was there? I can't believe it, baby, it was so great, it's unbelievable. One of the greatest episodes of wrestling of all time. Unfortunately though, Kurt Hennig and Hawk are no longer with us. I know we want to thank them for their being part of the XWF. And then they show uh, a graphic that is no, so insultingly no, bad. No, it no. has you know, Mr. Perfect. It has Kurt Hennig and Hawk. And it has the couple of pictures they took that uh, are royalty free. One of which is Kurt Hennig wearing Buff Bagwell's hat no. looking gassed. The other picture for Kurt Hennig out of the four in this fucking graphic that is his is his, his epitaph here. right? This is their tribute to him having passed away. Is Vampiro botching that spin kick and hitting him with his ass? That we just saw. It's like, in loving memory, here's fucking Vampiro shoving his arse right in your face and giving you a concussion.
1: It's... It's genuinely like the local vicar in the village has passed away and the kids in primary school have to make like a tribute poster and it's, you know, it's the best they can do. The heart's in the right place, but they are just kids. Like What
0: I thought it was, it's like kind of, if I was a teacher, it's like, well, seeing as you lot have been making fun of them, you're going to have to write a tribute to them now. <laughs> no, no, here's your fucking pen and paper. Here's your fucking coloured markers. <laughs> fucking do it. Enjoy your lunchtime. That's what it feels like it was here. This was made by under duress this mm. this graphic was made mm. and lads there was a time to talk about this it was at the start it yes. was not where it's like wow is that so exciting oh but i'm sorry that he's not here anymore like fucking start this with a tribute graphic yep a fucking black screen you're good enough at doing black screens <laughs> <Have> <laughs> start. you don't need to say anything you need to get yourself over legit how many times did you probably make fun of him before he died as well you fucking piece of shit knobs episode number two diddly do match of the night mvp yeah, fuck off episode number two
1: come on
2: a lot of hard work and determination went into making the xwf and our storylines we had we tried to give the very best to the fans what they wanted to
3: see and we had some new stars like hale and ian harrison well you know what you're talking about hard work you gotta be kidding me <laughs> I was there in the office from 8 o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night. And what time did you and Greg come wandering in? Hey, well, we had to take some breaks in and out of there, Jimmy. You know that. I mean, my legs were hurting, my knees. You know you know how it is, all these years of wrestling. Well, your legs were hurting from carrying sags all (laughs) these many years. That's what it was really all about. Hey, what about our hot CEO and Roddy Piper? That made for some interesting television, let me tell you. But you know what I like? I love the feud between you and your partner sags against the road warriors. So oh, what about yeah. the young guns, man? Oh, the young man. superstars. Oh, hey, Knobs, oh, why sh- don't we lace up our oh. boots oh, yeah. and let's watch the second episode of the XWF from Universal Studios Orlando, Florida. Let's get
0: ready, baby. All right, I like this here because nasty boy Brian Knobs he's changed up the look a little bit out of hasn't he? He's not got the trench coat anymore. He's got the bomber jacket. Mm. He's got the bomber jacket, the bomber leather jacket with all the patches and cool buttons. And he's got his big sunglasses as well. He looks like one of the Joker's hench in the tim burton 1989 (laughs) batman you knob all right number one guy i
1: love our storytelling baby yeah it turns out the xwf is actually great and groundbreaking and it's about wrestling's past present and future and there's no prima donnas in the xwf
0: all over your bloody clean clothes (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's in your face All over your face I like all over your face now, all over <laughs> a, Jesus Christ lad. We got a recap of episode one I Just saw it lads But it's, it's bathed in fire Yeah, It's like Rina Mero's there like And that's why the ex of you it's, like, <laughs> it's just like in hell like.
1: Mean Gene has been banished to the hell zone Like,
0: You can't have his soul <laughs> <laughs> Very piped in crowd this episode.
1: Because
0: mm. in episode one, the crowd were generally jazzed and geeked to be there. Something
1: new, something exciting. This is
0: like, oh, another one of these. Wow. Uh, all you can eat, Pizza Hut. Are you sure you want another slice of that margarita, lads? And
1: the dolls are locked, are oh, they? Okay, they're locked.
0: Right. Jerry Skeleton King
1: Lawler. Oh, he looks so ghoulish.
0: He is, isn't he? Well, he had to uh, give away half his corporeal form to create the homunculus known <laughs> as Kitten, so, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I will carry another and another until uh, I have nothing but whispers uh, on the uh, wings. Bad man. Do you want to know what a bad show is, Adam? This? Yes. But a hallmark of a bad show. Any show that starts off with, folks, last week the nasty boys and the phrase nasty boys gets used four or five more times when you're facing the camera for your hard set for the start of the episode. Yeah. You know you're in for a fun night.
1: They're a cornerstone of this Federate. They are Braun Strowman to Raw. The nasty much. boys to the XWF. Like. Yeah,
0: you know, remember when the Knobs fell over. Yeah. Oh, that
1: was good. Yeah, that was that was something.
0: The only thing that stopped me from not turning this off is genuinely, I like the episode of Man Vs. Food where Jerry Sags helped the town eat them spicy wings. He was really nice. And he seemed like a nice dude.
1: And you figured that that would maybe tie into this.
0: He invested his money very wisely in uh, real estate. Good for as him. As well. Opening us up here. Tag Team Action. Psychosis. to Guerrero. Minus their masks. Yep. It's so funny. It's like WCW made them take them off. And it's like, do you think they were told, oh, you're keeping them off, though? Because it was good what we did to you. Yeah.
1: You know how the
0: ratings went away and all Permanent
1: that. Permanent damage. like
0: Conan and Ray Gonzalez as well. Yeah. Conan gets the crowd going here. But the most distracting and interesting thing about this match, Adam, is definitely our official here tonight.
1: So we started off trying to figure out what's going on with this guy's hair. Because it's like... Almost like an Elvis-style big quiff.
0: Kind of blondish. I thought it was Johnny Bravo was reffing with the big blonde. it's, It's
1: dark black hair with a big quiff, but he's got frosted tips. Bit of a mullet thing going on at the back as well as two very sharp pointy sideburns coming down onto the cheek with a little goatee on the chin it's
0: kind of like yeah the, as soon as the match started we got one or two close-ups of this lad mm. and it went from being like oh kind of an Elvis kind of uh, Johnny Bravo to oh that is just Ricky from trailer park boys
1: is exactly Ricky the black and white top and everything about him is Ricky he
0: looks kind of stupid and confused as well yeah. like Ricky he's just missing a joint behind his ear and that would be <laughs> totally Ricky and the fact as well that he's a referee I thought it was like the episode where he's like you know pretends to be in school but he's actually a janitor like he's pretending to be a wrestler, wrestler but he's actually just a referee like he used to take out the bins at the end like you know
1: he's actually getting his grade 10 in wrestling at the meantime, <laughs> like.
0: such a fucking sad match to see like hooven 2 and psychosis like they've got less character here than they did when they were in the mexico's
1: yeah
0: and that was offensive what's that saying it's a fun enough match pretty sloppy stuff <sighs> You know, no one seems to be really trying. Everyone seems kind of like they're just phoning it in a little mm. bit. Uh, Ray Gonzalez picks up the win with the twist of fate. I just wrote down, they win.
1: <laughs> yeah, they won. They sure did.
0: It was it was disappointing because like in the Cruiserweight Battle Royale, you saw a lot of high-flying and potential, but then it's kind of like... Everyone's coming out it with this lazy attitude of, mm-hmm. man, I'm not doing a high flying, fuck like that, like.
1: Well, if you get told, all right, go out there, you got your match, you got two minutes now to work with, you probably aren't like in the mood to actually work.
0: No, probably not.
1: Probably dispirited.
0: Cut to another little insert. The ugliest man ever. Hulk Hogan. No, vac man.
3: Oh, it's him again.
1: Yeah, there he is living, like, living, alive and
2: kicking. <laughs> XWF.
1: That's your face. Yeah, yeah. I want to know where he got the Philosopher's Stone that is keeping him alive these days. I don't believe it, Kevin. It's
0: fucking horrible. He's it's hard so to look horrible. At. He's so hard to look at. Even talking about him, i mean, he's in my mind's eye. I'm like, get out of there, go. <laughs> Think of other things. Hogan pops in to give us a, a weird little insert here. He, he starts doing this thing with his hands where he's like curvaceous women brother you know, he's, he's like kind of like the women and he's like whoa check out our hot CEO Reina brother or how about Dawn Marie and that's it like it just just cut to something else you can wank over one or you can wank over well, there's two people you can wank over and there they are they'll be here later we've, we've got women just so you know they're hot yeah and you can. Oh, oh, I have oh you know. oh. Well, well you brother you know? <laughs> fucking gross it's so horrible so Rain America comes out forced of all
1: oh fuck
0: one name. two three forced of all and uh, you know it's bad when on the promo you know you got the mic in your hand you're meant to be setting the scene of the episode and mean Gene Oakley is the man who's doing the heavy lifting yep. Gene saves all of these segments with her and Roddy Because her and Roddy are a fucking disaster The two mm-hmm. worst sides of bad promos One overly scripted and wooden Mispronouncing every other word The other guy, a fucking runaway freight train yep. And there's mean Gene Oakland who literally has to come in like Well if you don't mind me saying so Miss Miro Your commissioner Roddy Piper has very much overstepped his role Which is clearly meant to be something that she She's said She's
1: meant to say it She's meant to be a heel
0: And then Roddy comes out Fucking jet black all over him. He's interfered in matches. And then she goes, you promised me, Hot Rod, that your wrestling days were behind you. New favourite quote of all time. Let's get this on a fucking shirt, lads.
2: Is there maybe still a fire for action
0: burning under that kilt? Is there a fire for action burning under that kilt? And the crowds go crazy, Kevin. A fire for action burning (laughs) under that kilt. To which Roddy goes, I love ya! There's a whole
1: forest burning down there. Really, really horrible.
0: A fire for action. I've always maintained a small fire for action, Adam. For uh, many fires for action burning in, under my kilt. Yeah, you keep it under the
1: kilt, don't you? Yeah. I do.
0: Yeah, gotta gotta keep a kilt on. It, Traditional like, yeah.
1: Irish tradition, right? Like.
0: Ridiculous. And now here comes Vampiro.
4: Why is mm, fucking hell? Thank you for your confidence in our abilities. Because you have given us a shot where no one else would. No one else would take a chance on us. And for our appreciation, we're going to give you 110%, no, 150. no, 350% every night. I like the percentages. That's a good percentage to have. Just to show you that the XWF is the place to be seen.
1: Fucking hell, Kevin. This is so tedious
0: whatever vampiro is taken is what roddy needs to take to get bang to where rain is <laughs> it's like a middle he's level fucking mean jeans they're like i've got all these jugs of water i have to get like one liter into one and like try and bounce it all maze. <laughs> yeah vampiro is so fucking stoned here and he's like thank you for giving us a chance He says, when no one else will
1: madam commissioner mr pfeiffer
0: Pfeiffer. Rowdy Roddy
1: Pfeiffer. Five times better than the average <laughs> banana No no he comes out playing a little fife Instead of the <laughs> bagpipes <backpack>.
0: <like, laughs> It's so fucking sad He says we're gonna give you A hundred No A hundred and ten No A hundred Three hundred and fifty percent Three
1: No one's ever said that high a number before It's normally like a hundred and ten Yeah but 300 and f- bloody hell that's going to be a good match
0: real talk Vampiro if you work three and a half times harder than you did in that last match you'll still be working one and a half times less than the yeah. average match at the time on the other show
1: you just be more injured for like, you that's can do, a little do bit. the
0: match like you know Sable puts over the young man Josh <laughs>
1: That little boy we saw in the crowd earlier. The
0: young man of MTV's, they always call it MTV's Tough Enough. I bet they love it. I bet they think it's a a total dig. Like it's fucking, Oh, that show that
1: MTV made, you know. Yeah,
0: you know, MTV's Tough Enough, not WWE's Tough Enough. Roddy says that he will hire her and he stares right at her chest the whole time.
1: She's not wearing a low-cut top no, or she's anything. Not. She's wearing quite a conservative outfit, actually.
0: Hey, the, Roddy likes a, a shiny, a shiny top. You know, he likes yeah. the, the sequins. You know, I think what it is is she's got little mini mirrors in there, and Roddy's like looking on. Like, Who's that?
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a thousand of them. And they all look like me. <laughs> he drops
1: the bone out of his mouth, barking at the other Roddy that he sees in his reflection.
0: <laughs> Chase after Get him. Ah, He's got my clothes.
1: I want this to be over. I'm so sick
2: of this.
0: You'll insert, little Tim and Eric insert here. Hey, how you doing? I'm Big
2: Vito from Staten Island, New York. And I'm the toughest in my neighborhood. And over here in the XWF, I want to fight the toughest. And that's what I'm going to get in your face.
0: Oh, I'm Big Vito. I'm from Staten Island. <laughs> and I'm here to say I'm with this organization every day. <laughs> Public enemy out next. <laughs> Oh, my God. Public Enemy. My favourite quote about the Public Enemy ever is Paul Heyman. The Public Enemy were a very pivotal and important part of ECW's history because they could not wrestle at all. (laughs) Flyboy, Rocco Rock, Johnny Grunge. They are now known as the South Philly Posse.
1: That's fine. That's a catchy name. It's going to get over, I'm sure.
0: They are in baggy leather hockey tops. Yes. They are dressed like bin bag due to the fact that like it's really, really bad because like Johnny Grunge has gotten so big, he looks like an actual bin bag, Aww. and Rocco Rock looks fucking like he's on death's door. He's so frail and so thin, he looks horrendous. He looks so bad. Jesus, what you, you know, it's kind of like I got all your things to throw away in this bin bag. Turns out there's not a lot, you
1: know. Aww. Jesus, that's
0: all I have to show for it. Like, It's so sad.
1: Yeah, you said to me these guys were once the same size. And I genuinely yeah. thought it was their gimmick that there was a big guy and a little guy. I thought that was the whole shtick.
0: Like, as soon as they had anything in the way, like, as soon as, like, 95 went past, this you know, Johnny Grunge got big. Like, mm. But they were roughly the same size. They were, you know, the whole thing about Johnny Grunge is that he was a bigger guy, but he could move fast and... Yeah, well, they got those guys later on and they don't move fast. And uh, Jasmine St. Clair, who I've heard nothing but very bad things about. Uh, adult film star formerly married to the blue meanie and uh she ruined his life in, in so many Aww. words i watched a shoot with the blue meanie and it was just like the saddest thing ever because he kind of i think he lost most of his friends Jeez because Christ. he ran a company with her and i think there was money that went missing and he was kind of like i'd sooner die than say a word against jasmine st Clair. and everyone was like yeah she's stealing money and Ooh. That's it's, horrible. It's really bad. Like it's really, really bad. Because they did a whole angle. Like he, they started going out in real life, and they did a whole angle at ECW with like the sinister minister. It was like kind of like Meanie had sold his soul to be with this hot babe. Oh wow! And, you know Meanie lost loads of weight. It's like can you believe it? The blue Meanies with this like hot babe. It's too good to be true. Like it, it kind of was. Like yeah. she was fairly nasty to him. She was. Jesus. Simon Diamond confronts Jerry the King Lawler.
2: Simon has a problem with you. With me. You know, I'm not deaf. I heard about how you trashed Dawn Marie last week. What? I, don't
4: think, I don't think I said anything that was not true. Did I? It's obvious
2: because you never attended class when you're in school, so you certainly don't know what it is. This is class.
6: High or low?
4: You know what's funny? What's funny is, you're out here, and you're disrespecting...
0: (laughs) Jerry Lawler made some comments about Dawn Marie last week on the broadcast. She said that she had more hands on her than a doorknob. And Dawn Marie is like, hey, you can't say that about me. And her actual husband, Simon Diamond, is there to defend her honor. It's really bad where like Dawn Marie is meant to be playing this like Hey, you know, defend my honour And right behind her is Kitten Who's like, Jerry's like I'm defending your honour, aren't I? And she's just like silent Like a fembot from Austin Powers I'm
1: defending your honour, right? Don't answer me Do not speak But I'm defending your honour Don't speak Good. Good That's good <laughs>
0: So Simon Diamond challenges Jerry the King Lawler to a match. Oh, and that's another
1: thing. They show you the angle that sets up this match after they t- show you a match card advertising the match. Yeah. So it's like, we're going to get Simon Diamond versus Jerry Lawler. And then we get Simon Diamond yeah. challenging Jerry Lawler to a fight.
0: Who edited this? Do you think it was Jimmy Hart and fucking Brian Knobs together? Wouldn't
1: be surprised, or, honestly.
0: Jimmy Hart's trying to do it and Brian Knobs is like working a porn or playing Tetris uh, or something like that on the computer instead. So yeah, Simon Diamond, for the record one of my favourite wrestlers I love Simon Diamond oh wow okay Simon Diamond's great I love Dawn Marie I love Johnny Swinger I think like the three of them are really really great and I don't think any of the three of them really got like a great run really anywhere I mean Dawn Marie got to be good in WWE which was great like mm. she fucking deserved it because they treated the women so badly in ECW and how they were fucking portrayed and Probably not a lot better when she was in WWE, but at least she made some proper fucking money out of it. You know, she deserved that much. But Simon Diamond didn't really ever amount to much other than, you know, being an agent in TNA. And seeing him and Johnny Swinger here against Jerry Lawler, it's like a total comedy Memphis silly... Like, Jerry's booking this. Yes. You know. Because
1: it's two-on-one, despite the fact that it's meant to be a one-on-one match. But it's those two fighting King.
0: Yeah, and the the referees are just kind of like, you guys! Oh, King, come on. You're not meant to do that. They do one spot three times in a row. Yep. Which is Johnny Swinger holds fucking Jerry. He ducks and Simon hits him. They do the exact same thing again. And then you do it a third time, except this time with a super kick. Then Jerry does the pile driver. Easy fucking money.
1: Pathetic.
0: Great clap on Kitten, though, you know.
1: Well, her honor's just been saved, yeah. Kevin. Did I
0: save her honour or what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tony totally Schiavone went, yeah, what a man. Yeah, what a man Uh,
1: God, I don't know what this next match is I've just got muscle homer versus fat homer (laughs) Written down here
0: Well before that we have a little insert Adam Because who's coming to our screen soon The one and only Sonny Ono No, he's not selling meat with Bischoff in the back of a car park He's bringing VAPOR what will you do when Vapor comes?
1: <laughs> Vapor's facing away for all the time that Sonny's talking. And then when they say Vapor, he turns around and does like this weird like Doctor Strange thing with his thumbs where he's like drawing a shape and he's grinning like...
0: Maybe even more wild. The wild man, Vapor. He does a big turn with big eyes. Ah! He? He's got a, a lovely smile has Vapor. Yeah. He does. Gorgeous fella. Coming up next... They want to see it, Adam. They want to see the big man. Come on Ed Hale. Let's see the big man in action.
1: Hale's back. That's it. And who's Fat Homer then?
0: Knuckles. (laughs) Knuckles. Knuckles.
1: Knuckles. Yeah, Yeah. on the match card, before they actually show this match, we got the graphic and it says, Jimmy Hart, in big letters. The mouth of the south. With a big cartoon mouth, a little loudspeaker next to it. And it's like, Jimmy Hart, mouth of the south. With hail and like hail written it's much smaller to the underneath. Complete hail versus knuckles, and it's just, just hey. knuckles in a default font, like
0: knuckles in your face. Like <laughs> here he comes. Aww he looks it is it's, it's two its homers going at each other right in this ring and there's a couple of things I love about this number one is the fact that Hale has suddenly become a heel between the last episode and this episode because mm. last time he came out and everyone was cheering him and he was like come on everyone stand yeah. up stand up for Hale that was the one thing he did was he kept going stand up yep. stand up and fight with me Hale <laughs> and this week he's just pointing at everyone Hale the baddie Boom. Boo. and he know he's a bad guy at because we crash him on people with the double thumbs down
1: yeah like fuck this. This man,
0: now, like, you wouldn't believe this, right? I was actually at a show recently where some fucking person sat beside me, pulled out that double thumbs down, and I was like, Put them, put them down. That's really fucking, like, really too far. And that's it's a family show, it's a fucking like... family show. Yeah. they don't fucking bust their ass in that ring, so you can come out there and fucking stick them thumbs in your face like a fucking freak. Yeah gross horrible way overboard
1: wrestling fans are just really icky like, isn't
0: it it's just really it's too much but then again Adam you know you reap what you sow you give someone an evil sadistic character like Hale look at the journey that Hale has been on I mean I, other than that I'd be giving him two fingers but we couldn't do that on a family show oh
1: good lord no good you lord know.
0: Hale stands in silence for two seconds before his music plays oh Jesus Christ They just stood at the top of the ramp
1: like you, <laughs> you ready you ready
0: Oh. And then the music plays. They just stood, and Jimmy Hart is there beside him Like, they touch him, like, "Are you okay, Danny and Welcome like, to
1: Hail. We're almost
0: at Hail. It was beautiful. exactly like that because yeah. he just stood there like an idiot. And then it was like, <laughs> 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 I mean, Adam, I've been to an all-night fair, but I never seen nothing like this. Like, they want to see the big man Hail in action, and yeah, he's a heel now, and he takes on Homer and. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Knuckles. Knuckles.
0: What's <laughs> really funny is that Knuckles, he looks exactly like Homer. He has a really bad botch in it. There's only one move in the match, and it's a really bad botch. And he does a grunt where it's really like, DO! <laughs> he says dough and then they both go whoa stumble into each other oh and you know what that ain't planned because there's no way the big man Hale's leaving his feet for anything (laughs) other than that leg drop he is so fuck he's on eggshells the whole match this is hideous Jimmy kicks Homer at the end there you go cut to AJ Styles
4: the XWF
5: the new style and with the best cruiserweights in the world the only thing they're lacking is style and when i show them that i'll
1: be leaving with a cruiserweight fail
0: this is my final option (laughs) (laughs) AJ Styles looking young looking very young yeah Look like he's going to go after Disco Inferno and call him a homophobic slur here, the way he's looking.
1: Definitely will do, yeah.
0: Full of hate here, isn't (laughs) he? Just fucking brim a tall glass of fucking homophobia right here, like, you know? Thank God for Flat Earth, it kind of diverted his attention. (laughs) Cut back to Jimmy Hart and Knobface. We had the best tag teams, like the Nasty Boys.
1: They are doing their best to try and make out that these stories are actually stories that they're telling here. Even though
0: they're all loose ends, and like just
1: scenes, like
0: I'd love if when they're watching Twin Peaks, it just cut back to David Lynch and they'd be kind of like, Hey, like all the bits that made no sense, like and yeah. all the and all the loose ends.
1: The storylines here is like it's a very common thing in college or university on a media course to teach you video editing, they'll give you like twelve random scenes that are from this one project mm-hmm. and they'll give them to you scrambles and they'll be like, edit this so that it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It feels like someone's had a go at that and got, like, a D-minus or something. Like, they're a piss-poor job of it. Someone
0: did this for credit.
1: Yes. You know? Yeah. Someone
0: did this for some free XWF t-shirts, and a personalized Hulk Hogan message. Stay young, brother. Happy birthday. Coming up next, the Wiggle Man and close personal confidant of Baron Corbin. Only he knows what's going on in there. Norman Smiley. Taking on maybe even more (laughs) (laughs) wilds. The wild man, Mark Morrow, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He's excited to be here, isn't
1: he? I'm excited, to be honest. This is the first time we've watched a Mark Morrow match in a good few years now, Kevin. And the first time we've watched him
0: as Johnny
1: B. Badge. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I should say, in-ring style. Totally different.
0: Completely Companies- <laughs> different. Com-
1: it's like oh. a night and day, Kevin. So,
0: Johnny B. Bad was the gimmick which Vince McMahon thought he was getting when he signed Mark Merrow to a massive contract.
1: It's the little Richard gimmick, right? Uh, pretty much, yeah. yeah. So,
0: he very flamboyant over yeah. the top, meant to be kind of a really fun character. Seeing Mark Merrow doing it back in the day, if you see him do the old Johnny B. Bad gimmick, he looked fucking... He was so into it. He was bouncing off the walls. He fucking was well into it. And the crowd were as well. He's just a little too old and sad here though mm. it just you know and he comes out as well with that little fucking puff stick the little thing it's like party
1: popper yeah
0: it's just a little fucking he's an emoji that's all he is and it's he like,
1: keeps teasing it like oh
0: oh 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 I want China to come in and be like (laughs) don't even like me she's got a fucking rail gun that shoots fireworks mate you've got two you look like you're doing Alan Partridge's fucking fireworks display here perhaps you're here with an old flame (laughs) a lot of charisma in the ring Not a lot of uh, wrestling going on, though, lads.
1: It looks like two men practicing a match in an empty arena before everyone arrives. Like, they're just quickly running through it before they actually have the match.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, Norman Smiley's a great comedy wrestler. And I hate the fact that this match, they, like tease taunts and dances like he does the big wiggle that's that's the norm that's the he, yeah. he doesn't do it he, just, he teases it and he yeah. never does it so he's going to
1: go for the wiggle but he doesn't
0: and Mark Merrow in this Johnny B. Bad gimmick he's just wrestling exactly like old Mero yeah. except he goes up now and then to the cur- turnbuckle and goes Yah!
1: yeah places the crowd a tiny bit
0: nah lack of fun like he, he looks like he's not having fun no Marrow comes out with a big smile on his face. And then within a minute of the match, he looks miserable. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. this is like Because he retired a year yeah. before this. It's like, oh, okay. That's why I, I retired yeah, I forgot
1: I don't like this anymore.
0: Hoofs him up for the TKO.
1: Oh, still bad.
0: Yeah, not fun to do. So, yeah. Merrow wins. Didn't think we'd see him again.
1: It was nice, I guess. Catch up with him real quick. Okay. See you again in a few years, Mark.
0: Bye. Dresden. Dresden in... Dresden In Your Face Looks like Decker
1: Yeah Pretty much That's uh, Dresden
0: So i like to see the big man Dresden Later on Like It's so funny It's like him Hogan and Hard Just went and found The biggest muscle-bound freaks For Hogan to beat yeah. up This is basically The Dungeon of Doom squad That was lined up To take on Hogan After the final solution Was done with him You know
1: Pretty much all we've got from this point onwards is the same matches reconfigured for the rest of this now. Oh, Uh, no,
0: we've got some comedy coming up here now, though. Big comedy coming up. Backstage, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Horace Hogan, Adam. They're not booked tonight. What's going on, brother?
2: I can't believe it. It must be a conspiracy or something.
0: What's that, man?
2: Oh, I'm not wrestling on the show
5: tonight either. I'm not on that board myself. Well, you shouldn't worry about it, you idiot. The spectacle you made yourself last time. Right of hang on, here. hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Idiot, idiot. No, no no, for this. Listen, you are a nice guy. You're too nice. I can get you, man. you gotta be tough like this guy. You gotta have paws like this guy. Look at this guy. No heart! no care for nobody you gotta be tough you're a sweet kid but you gotta get in there you gotta fight this guy's tougher than now doesn't matter what you do to him he's a toughest guy I know so I'll get you one more match give you one more try
2: but get tough get up there go for it You Rita! Rita! Rita!
0: I
1: actually forgot this is meant to be a comedy
0: segment it is because Greg Valentine's like I don't believe it I'm a great wrestler and I'm not bugged and Roddy Piper comes in and you know Roddy clearly respects Greg Valentine so much have you ever seen the dog collar match those two had no one of the most brutal matches ever we did it for How two Piper and Joe was like shook by it like Mm. more so than a lot of the death match stuff we watched for Jimmy Havoc just because it's so dirty and gritty and visceral then two men like they he ruptured his eardrum and he never fully healed from it so yeah Roddy's there, like, kind of psyching up Greg Valentine, like, saying, like, He's a fucking killer, this guy. He's Smacking a machine. Him. Smacking him loads. And Horace Hogan is like, Ugh. And Roddy's like, You gotta be a competitor like Greg Valentine. You gotta be tough like him. He walks out going, Ah, Rita! Wah! And then Greg Valentine, like, knocks over the boards. I think the gimmick is, is that Greg Valentine doesn't get booked for the whole series, and he's like pissed off. I think secretly he's happy that he doesn't have to wrestle.
1: Totally. Night off. I didn't even realize that was Horace Hogan at first, yeah. by the way, because he's wearing an XWF cap and an XWF T-shirt and black trousers. He genuinely looks like event staff. There like.
0: is only clean clothes, Adam. Like he, oh. he just showed up the arena naked. With his Willie in his hand going, <laughs> "Help!" And my uncle told me to come here. <laughs> I do not what to do. Let's get some merchandise on. Put this fanny pack on. Like. <laughs> the Shane twins taking on the Nasty Boys. Well, that's what gets advertised, but the Nasty Boys... Well, no, it's not what gets advertised, but it gets advertised is the Shane Twins versus the Road Warriors, but the Shane Twins come out, then the Nasty Boys music hits, and then it hits again, and then the Road Warriors come out.
1: So it was meant to be the Nasty Boys, but instead they already advertised that it is the Road Warriors, and then it's meant to be a swerve that it's the Road Warriors. Yeah.
0: What a swerve. There are swerves, and then there are swerves, and we have all been swerved.
1: Have you got anything to say about this match?
0: Um... It's, yeah, it's the
1: Homer twins again.
0: No, no, there is something I have to say about this match because all the other matches are so short. This match was only six minutes and it drags.
1: Felt like a lifetime.
0: Yes, it reminded me a lot of SmackDown, where if you've got loads of really short matches that are mad, and you have one where it's like a bit of meat in the main event, and it's like, oh come on for fuck's sake! End. hot hot to animal in it. They did the Doomsday Device there's lots of botching going on the Shane Mm -hmm. Twins get bust open hard way Hulk and Animal don't sell for them it's kind of like if this is your idea of the past and the present colliding you need a new idea yeah because knobs and sags come out again and they get run off and it's the exact same finish as before
1: This all looks like, did I ever show you that game Ragdoll Sumo? No. You get like two very very basic Ragdoll stick men in 3D on this game and you just like hobble towards each other (laughs) and they literally just like stumble and fall over and collapse. Like that's all this is. Pathetic.
0: Hogan says Leaves of Doom and XWF. What a rush. In your face brother. And then it's uh, Jimmy Snooker and his boy. Superfly Jimmy Snooker.
2: No and we're here in the XWF in your face
0: father and son gonna teach him right and wrong hmm. except things that are against the law like what's best for my child my dad's never gonna be found out <laughs> awful absolutely awful and I sickens me seeing sucker back now cause like you know what when we first started the podcast and all that it was all kind of like oh but do we really know but yeah yeah, no actually it turns out we do really know and one thing that's happened in 2017 and 18 is you look at how bad real world shit that happens in wrestling it's so bad even now if you look at the how Enzo was reported and how uh, Michael Elgin was reported all the scandals the cover ups yeah and you think how bad it is now and it's open and we have the internet now you can see exactly why what happened happened
1: and how he got away with it?
0: I thought for like years that it was like, oh no, but it's kind of like it's a bit vague. There is something, KSA yeah. There's rumor. something to it. There yeah. is because everyone's like, oh, you don't know the full story, brother. Like, well, yeah, we do actually now. He's a murderer. Him, he's a murderer. So there you go, <laughs> Mr. Perfect taking on Buff Bagwell. The editing is so bad. Both men like come in while Bobby Heaton is still doing an intro. I was losing my will to live at this point.
1: This is actually the exact point where I was, I'm not kidding, I was genuinely tempted to say to you, I think we've seen enough to talk about on the podcast <laughs> now. Can we not just turn this off? It's like,
0: bad as well because I promised everyone eggs after we finished watching.
1: And we we're all starving, like stomachs are rumbling. It's like, oh, we've got another six matches to go. Guys.
0: And you at home, you're not getting any eggs, so feel free to pause now if mm. you want to and have some. Buff wrestles in a lot of jewellery, which yeah. is great, because King gets to tell us a funny story about how he accidentally tore Buff Bagwell's earlobe off. Hilarious. Ha <laughs> Very loud, deep-voiced fan starts bellowing throughout this, and he's very noticeable. Count him out, ref! Do your fucking job, yeah, ref! It's like, you guy who would be a ref in the ref chair would go... It's like Hulk Hogan's older, bolder, fatter son is in here. Shut up. Will
1: you shut up? Like- you
0: can tell they've tried to... Edit it out because the crowd is all over the place. Ups now. and
1: downs the audio levels tonight.
0: Like the first episode had some genuine crowd. This is all inserted,
1: manufactured. Yeah, you made the good point of like how they're like really loudly chanting, but you can see everyone's just sat
0: still. Yeah, <laughs> like, really quiet. Sat there shouting. USA. USA. <laughs> no bumps in the match at all no we got perfect plex it's so funny Like Buff Bagwell's like I'm gonna do the blockbuster like you are in your fucking hole and like Bobby Heaton pushes Buff Bagwell and Buff Bagwell steps off the top yeah. turnbuckle no bump get a nice safe perfect plex pirate ghost vampiro runs in
1: another run in yeah
0: you better start believing in ghost stories Buff Bagwell you're in one
1: uh, who else is here
0: Freak, British freak.
1: Ian Harrison in living colour. I can't believe it.
0: Roddy fights Kurt Hennig. He's out. Roddy's there as well.
1: Sable's out. Completely lost. And they're doing this whole thing where, like, Roddy and Sable are in each other's face. Like, you son of a bitch! No idea what is going on. You know
0: what? This is just the ending of like pretty much every episode of the first four episodes of smackdown that we watched
1: yes yeah the clusterfuck ending yeah like... where
0: it would be like you know the first four episodes of smackdown crawl which we've done on patreon look like pretty much everyone they've seen to end with like and here comes x and now yeah. road dog and now pat patterson and jerry briscoe and the posse and like you know here's vince here's shane it's like this here except you don't care about any of these characters
1: yeah. they're just trying to emulate what they've seen wwf do and they're doing a piss poor
0: job of it Episode three starts off.
2: This is the third episode in the series that we shot from Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida, November 2001. Hi, I'm Brian Knobs, and my co-host, Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, couldn't be here because he's out scouting for new talent.
0: Nasty boy Brian Nobbs
1: is flying solo. Yeah, mean jeans off scouting talent Oh, no, mean jeans, Jimmy Hart. That's how tired I am. That's how fucking fed up I am. It may as well be Mean Gene. Jimmy Hart is off scouting talent, apparently.
0: Now, what's very funny about this is that there was rumours of an XWF revival. Yeah,
1: in like 2007 or something? Yeah,
0: 2007 and eight, there was rumours of a revival, and again in 2014. So, basically, what happened was Jimmy Hart had found people he thought were going to invest in it again. So mm. they were they, they reactivated the website, they released this DVD, it was like, oh, look how great it was. And again, it was, the idea was to attract capital, which, of course, was never going to happen. No. TNA ended up getting a bit of a shot. Fun fact, though, way back at the start of this, Jimmy wanted to do the pay-per-view model, which is you do you know three-hour pay-per-view once a month, and you sell that. You don't have TV, you just have the pay-per-views. Okay. And so even if we sell like a couple of thousand pay-per-views, we'll be in the money, because it's like $50 each. Yeah. Uh, TNA took that exact formula off them later on And added free TV okay. to it But yeah Jimmy ain't skating for new talent I've probably seen what happened Is Jimmy's just sick of the smell of Brian Knobs. Oh. He's meant to be one of the smelliest men in wrestling oh. Rena Merrowaves in
1: Baby Blue She says that her and Roddy are reasonable people
0: Everything is okay
1: This is worse than Stephanie and Mick Foley Their on-screen relationship
0: Stephanie can cut a fucking promo Yeah you know, she can, and fucking so can Mick Foley. Rena cannot talk for shit.
1: And Roddy can't stop talking, like...
0: The XWF has had a ton of emails and phone calls to the XWF offices this last week.
1: No, you haven't. <laughs> You've not. B, what
0: office? Like it's the van that fucking Horace Hogan and Jim Duggan are sleeping in at the moment, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I'm doing real well, guys! Oh. Fucking bollocks. And then we cut in with Hogan the xwf was the best kept secret professional wrestling the philly posse they're uh, they're here they're coming out later on tonight they're here to let you know and now we've got the debut of the man from germany the most evil country that has ever existed what are we going to do when dresden makes his presence known dresden taking on marty judetti dresden is wearing a big old iron cross With lederhosen.
1: Yeah, leather lederhosen that cross in the middle with an iron cross right on his chest.
0: Seriously, I'm pretty sure... Jimmy Hart is one or two steps away from doing the we're not Nazis, oh. we're handsome, we're brave, we're strong. Oh. We're not. See, it's so fucking patently obvious what they're yeah. going for here. Yeah. They pipe in USA chants anytime a foreigner's out here. And like you said, everyone sat down and there's a USA, 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 USA. And like it's just when they're doing nothing.
1: So transparent.
0: When there's a move, they'll add in that. Ah! Yeah, it's the
1: same one every time. And then like... back to
0: USA, USA. <laughs> it's exhausting. He's way better than Hale or the British Ogre, though. I'll say that. Dresden's got some moves. Yeah. And Dresden was done in on the 2007 steroid scandal. Oh, so there you go. good for him. Good for him. So there's a happy ending to all of this, really, in the end. (laughs) You said he was Kevin Nash, the wrestler, pretty much. Oh, yeah,
1: he just wants to be Kevin Nash. And his finish is the exact Kevin Nash powerbomb. Hair
0: flipping everything, Big
1: leather trousers.
0: Big powerbomb, big win for Big Dresden. What's going to happen when the Nazis come and invade the XWF?
1: What's going to happen when Greg Valentine doesn't get booked again?
0: He's going to complain and Roddy Piper is going to ignore him. He was banging on the door for ages. And then Roddy, I looked like there was a good bit of comedy. He's banging the door for ages. He's like, Oh, you got to answer me. Why aren't you talking to me? And then he, Roddy comes in, he opens the door. He's like, Sorry. you know." He just goes into his office and he just continues to bang on the door. This is the kind of stuff that if you had Austin and Angle type people doing it, it would be so much funnier. You've got yeah. the basis of some good comedy there. It's just they're all over the place. Yeah. Horace Hogan taking on the young man from MTV's Tough Enough, Josh
1: such a smackdown to create a wrestler i know right the silver cargo pants with blue flames going up the them. hardy boys
0: long sleeve top oh josh 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 have you got some aztec tattoos going on there <laughs> uh, have you got some tribal shit going on tough enough and mtv gets mentioned more than horace hogan who's actually wrestling in the match pathetic josh is a pretty good flyer yeah, he can. He can do some stuff. I mean, he's very competent and tough enough. Like he's way ahead of everyone else. There, he's maybe Lewinsky. In... Otherwise, is a bit better. But other than that, no. yeah.
1: He's in the top third of wrestlers on this roster, yeah, for sure,
0: absolutely. And like Josh has like shown a few times that he can seriously go. Like he's done some stuff for TNA recently, where it's like, yeah, Josh can. Josh Matthews is a trained wrestler. Mm. I was telling you about one of my favorite moments ever when Kurt Angle was a total bully in like two thousand four or five, and he like he beat up Josh Matthews to make an example out of him. And then like Josh like literally had a little comeback and he did a couple of moves. It's like, oh yeah. my god, Josh did a fucking moonsault or whatever it is. Yeah, but then Kurt still killed him. So seeing him here Was cool against a bigger man But Horace is really dangerous
1: Yeah he's horrible
0: Like there's a beautiful moment Where he does this High angle sunset flip And then Horace Hogan Literally like he's kind of starts to squat And he just sits right On his chest he looks like he's really hurting him for no good reason. It
1: was nearly a really good spot. Like, that was a good sunset flip. I was like, I gasped when they did it, but Horace just no sells and sits on Josh's chest.
0: And then Horace, of course, he has to have this moment where he has he has not beaten the one, two. Oh.
3: oh, going to school. Oh,
0: David Flair, going to go take a shower. Come on, boy. Go oh. to school. Going to school. Bup, 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 bup. Going to school. We should do a whole episode about The Undertaker's that, that run. Should we? I think so. I'd love to do it. Okay. Someone has asked, I'm just saying. You
1: know? I, I, yeah, I would honestly take that over doing another one of these. That's
3: sure.
0: <laughs> Josh was a quick roll-up and he wins. The Miracle Kid! The Miracle Kid! Josh Matthews is just a the dream of everyone who's been told that you can't do it. <laughs> is that
1: Mick Foley on commentary? Pretty much, <laughs> yeah.
0: Jimmy puts over Hell. Hell's yeah. coming. Hell's going to take everyone to hail with him.
1: He says, yeah, Hale is going to take everyone to Hale and back.
0: Jimmy, you're talking wrong.
1: It doesn't work.
0: Go to a fucking speech therapist. Something's Whoa. wrong. Shane twins, take it on the South Philly posse. Why are they here again? The posse look frail. Really frail. I call them the posse public enemy. It's what they are. Yeah, but it's public like, enemy. I couldn't help but feel that they looked like they were embarrassed to be there.
1: That's saying something that is.
0: I mean, they, it did. It was like, last time you've seen these lads was being beaten up by the Acolytes yeah. on, on TV.
1: Beaten up is a generous way of
0: putting it. No, <laughs> like beaten the fuck off. Fucking like.
1: murdered by the Acolytes. So to
0: seeing them here, it's kind of a bit, ugh, it's a bit shit. Mm-hmm. They look really rubbish. Tony says that the Shane twins remind him of the Harris brothers.
1: Is that the best you can come up with, is it? Right.
0: So, we're aspiring to DOA now. Yeah. That's, where that's we're what we're going. aiming for. Jesus Christ. Grunge gets tagged in. He looks so unwell. He mm-hmm. clambers around the ring. For some reason, he don't get a tribute package. That, you know? Of course not. Not like Kerr Hennig or fucking Hawk, who yeah. are obviously, yeah, because they're his friends or he wants them to be known as being his friends. It's just... What message are you sending off here? There's a lot of people who are dead in this roster. A lot of those are big steroid lads you mm. mentioned as well. You know, check them out, folks. There's a lot of dead people on this show. I would so, have put a
1: tribute to Ian Harris on the show just to preempt it, like, just to be safe. Like, that's like my favorite thing about this show is that that a, man wow, is alive. Really? Anything can happen these days.
0: It's real. Like, anything happened in the XWF. <laughs> Even he's alive. Grunge does nothing in the match. Rocco attempts a lion's assault. What was he fucking thinking with that? The Shane twin got out of the way. I think it was Todd or Barry or Tony or whichever the Shanes it is. Yeah, Todd Shay, What a shit fucking name! <laughs> Get a fucking surname, you stupid bollocks! <laughs> like, they're not doing any basic moves, and then like, obviously Rocket Rock is like, yes, yeah, springboard, alliance on. Here we go, baby. Look at right him in his fucking neck and shoulders. he killed
1: awful. himself.
0: Oh, guess who appears again and fall over the nasty boys and LOD two. You're going to have to figure out sometime, lads. Someone's going to have to put someone over. Because yeah. the Nasty Boys and LOD just point at each other all the fucking time. And the Shane twins are just having their arms raised by the LOD every other week. Yeah, Is that why they gave him bloody noses in their match earlier? Jesus. The wall is here, brother. <laughs> you don't want to slam into this wall. Because
2: I'm going to be in your face. In the XWF.
0: The wall. The wall. Up there on top of the building all the way up there it's the wall I hope he doesn't fall Do be careful wall are you alright do you do you want to have a you want to wrestle Hulk Hogan is that is he, I can't see can someone look in can you zoom in oh he is he's lifting his hand in the air be careful up there wall he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be freezing really by the time he comes out and wrestles he lost that match against Hulk Hogan for fuck's sake the best of uh, nine tables match as well we remember the wall from here did you forget? Best
3: of nine tables. And don't forget... That was him that against was the, the French fries. Against the
0: French fries, yeah. And don't forget <laughs> the wall as well. The best thing about the wall is that the wall is the only person who ever looked at Bob Buchanan and thought, yeah, I'll nick that gimmick. Because <laughs> he, he nicked the, the, the sleeveless shirt oh, tie. Oh, come
1: on. He
0: did. He just stole it.
1: The only thing worth nicking was the music, mate. Just take that. Like,
0: Well, he's got some tie tattoos. Mm. He's got some... It seems to be like uh, languages uh, it, it seems to be like he's, he's just like 20 backpack I'm going to get away for a year And visit the world Get
1: some foreign characters tattooed on myself Yeah like. and it's
0: like 20 people have all just merged into one And come yeah. together to become the wall Who unfortunately we don't see any more of here tonight Pity and he was brought in just for Hulk Hogan to point out You know <laughs> Mean Gene introduces The classical wrestling star Jimmy Superfly Snooker and his son. This is such an awkward moment. Comes out to
1: doesn't even get his own, own knockoff. <laughs> he has to share. It's
0: really, really fucking cringy. The the red carpet thing earlier. The only person who walked on it was Carlos Colon. <laughs> which was you know
1: the man that holds the secrets yeah <laughs>
0: seriously you got a fucking serious great fucking rogues gallery here yeah that. legit it's fucking hell like, is there anyone else you want to bring on who's got fucking links to fucking people dying like the jesus murderer christ.
1: the murderer's son the man that helped cover up the murderer yeah. the man that can't be murdered apparently jesus
0: like, fucking christ it's really really horrible snooker cuts a promo he says i want to thank all the lovely people in TV Wonderland never broadcast
1: no it's not on TV mate
0: and out comes Roddy Piper the
1: babyface commissioner Roddy Piper remember
0: I was convinced he was meant to be a babyface as well we all thought this Adam didn't we Superfly what about this young
5: man certainly he has a big part of his professional life ahead of him hey
2: Jimmy isn't it wonderful
5: now we have two coconut heads oh Two wait a minute! I got a lovely bunch of coconuts standing in a row. Hey Jimmy, how long you gonna hang around? Matter of fact, you you is that a junior? Is that yours? You wouldn't know, would you? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, oh, now, there's no call for this. No, oh, no, no. You're out of this line, Piper. This is a guy that stayed on the seashore while Grandma sold shelves together so you could lay down and she could pay the rent. I know you. I love you. I love you, too, Jimmy. I love the soup. Looks like somebody shot the curtains at the day's Inn.
0: I know you. I love you. But also racial slurs. Yeah. Lots of racial slurs. Oh, I'm such a fucking weirdo. I'm so hard to defend. There is no one harder in wrestling to explain than Roddy Piper. Mm. I don't think I've ever said I've ever failed in like in introducing someone into wrestling and how to wrestling. But two people I feel that I've never fully been able to get across to a new fan is Roddy Piper and Goldberg is the other one. But Roddy Piper particularly. Yeah. Because if you don't have this fucking default backlog of you know X amount of years of wrestling fandom in you Roddy Piper is so hard to defend he's just coming out here talking about these lads fucking living on seashells and banging coconuts and calling them coconut heads and you know your grandmother's laying down on the Fiji Isles so you could emigrate over here you know it's fucking horrid it was fucking edgy in 84 you want to call it that but in 2001 it's straight up racist fucking horrid And then Gene Okerlund has to fucking challenge him to a match! On behalf of Superfly. Because Superfly and his son just stand there. Yep, and take it. And, they're like, Duh. and then Gene Hogan is like, well, why don't you come down here? We'll have a match right in the ring right now. And he literally says, I don't think I'm the one who should be saying this, but Roddy Piper, I think you should come and settle your business in the ring. Main Gene has been in one or two angles ever. He, Him and Hogan wrestled together once as a tag team. Yeah. And uh, he wrestled Mark Madden on WCW once. Yeah. I don't think he should be involved with Piper and Snucket. It's a bridge too far.
1: Mean Gene is Spider-Man when he's at the front of that train with all the webs and he's trying to slow it down. <laughs> he's like,
3: I can't take it much longer. I can't he's hold on. on.
0: He's down in space. <laughs> Gotta save this. Oh, my God. Piper just goes crazy on Gene Oakland yeah. as well. And he's like, I've never beaten you up, Gene. Or maybe I'll start that. Gene's just like, what's going on? Reena Mero comes out and <sighs> she's like, sounds like you're looking for a fight, Dream." <laughs> <Green." laughs> So she decides to tell, Piper, you're going to fight Jimmy Snuka. Now, Piper, up until this point, I thought, right, Piper, he's just being Piper. He, he's, he's made in your face, but if he sees his old rival, he yeah. gets his dander up, his blood yeah. boils, he sees red, whatever, fine. And then Piper suddenly becomes a coward. He's like, oh, you know, my arm's very sore. and <laughs> I can't be wrestling. You said I can't wrestle. If it wasn't for her, I'd be wrestling. I can't wrestle. I have to book a main event. What do you think? I can't wrestle.
3: Full-on heel. Like,
0: literally, like, he has one arm on his jacket going, yeah. No, don't make me fight. So, somehow, from this, Piper goes, I'll tell you what I will do, though. It's gonna be Kurt heading and the British Storm taking on Buff Bagwell and Vampiro. <laughs> That's just as good. <laughs> and then we cut back, and uh, Nobs goes, Did you know that Rita Merrill's security cards... Yes, that's Tugboat and the Warlords! Now, at the start, when we were watching, I'm like, Look at that fucking Tugboat looking motherfucker. It's actually Tugboat!
1: What a waste of Tugboat.
0: Remember how great he looked in WrestleMania 17?
1: Earlier this year. Yeah. Like, he looked amazing. He's fucking ready to go! Put him in a fucking match. Don't give him to fucking Sable to be a bodyguard. Legit,
0: if you want this to be a company where you have a big man who Hogan can go over. Dare literally he was bred for this one reason is to put over hulk hulkin
1: pathetic
0: aj styles taking on kid cash for the leo kruger away championship
1: the non-visible cruiserweight championship
0: got two southern boys in a title match ain't nobody gonna be welcome back they don't want none what they don't want none (laughs) we really don't but we're gonna pipe in like they want some (laughs) Uh, this was the best match on the card?
1: Absolutely. AJ is a cut above everybody else on this show. Including Kid Cash? Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: It's crazy when you see, like, uh, fucking AJ Styles is like fucking one punch man here. He's just like, he's so overpowered. He's so yeah. much better than everyone. You could tell he's pissed off that he can't have the matches. He can't do... Like, he doesn't even know what he can do yet. Like, at the yeah. Field with AJ.
1: yeah. He's not realized his own potential. Yeah.
0: He has nothing but potential here And kind of At the moment with AJ here He's like kind of He's so good And he's so unique That you can kind of up the fact That he is so wooden He is such a lack of charisma Yeah Like AJ shows That you can work on A natural charisma And get it Yes Like either way Neville always seemed to be So fucking terrified When he first debuted
1: Until eventually He cracked it like And then
0: They were very smart weren't they And they let him leave Yeah And they showed all the potential He had then didn't they Oh he's really hit his stride Let's get rid of him pop <laughs> but AJ like he was so unsure of himself yeah. and even this match is the one thing that holds it back is that AJ feels tentative and he feels like you know he's not 100% into everything and he seems a little awkward Cash wins his fun little match I mean it was fun you know it's not worth checking out though
1: it was the least horrible match on the show there's by still far. botches in it like. yeah it's still not great
0: and uh, we get to uh, Hogan who's They're reusing the old Hogan inserts now. Reusing the same clips. Why did they put this in here when they knew that he wasn't going to be... Like, this is what they cut and showed investors. Yeah,
1: I know. Nonsensical, the editing of this.
0: No, we're cutting backstage. This is great. Shades of WCW. Except instead of Kevin Nash, it's Sable and the babes booking the show. Get out of here. Only Sable is allowed a chair, though. The rest of the Charlie's Angels have to sit on the table, like...
1: Or stand... Women just aren't allowed chairs in XWF. Oh, like the bike. kitten, they have to stand. And they or... have
0: to wear those ridiculous heels as well, which is just yeah. pain in the ass. Oh, boy. Jimmy Superfly Snucky Jr. taking on Vapor.
1: Finally, Vapor.
0: USA, 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 God USA. Say. Vapor's pants look very comfy, I will say off the bat. Like, literally, if the pants are made from an actual vapor. That's how comfy that they would be just for around the house. Just like. around the
1: house. Oh, what I would give to sit just around the house. Like, yeah. instead of. Watching XW. Hey, it'll
0: be okay. We're on the, we're on the, we're on, the, we're, on the, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. Literally, just so you know, Adam was clean shaved at the start of this and he now has literally has five <laughs> o'clock shout-out. This is so funny that like. Snooker sucks in the ring. He's jigging around like Tracy Smothers with worms. What the fuck? What's his gimmick? Just fucking scratch your arse, mate, or fucking get some medicine. Yeah. Do something. But he's <laughs> just fucking booping about like he's so shit.
1: He looks like Ty Dillinger cosplaying as Rob Van Damme, is ah. all I can say say ah. but i don't know who sim snooker is so I um, couldn't he say.
0: ended up being one half of deuce and domino oh okay yeah it's not cliff compton the other guy
1: billy's your man for that question like- yeah seriously <laughs>
0: either that or we can get the country get me argentina <laughs> get me nigeria on the phone <laughs> it's really sloppy stuff you know vapor is really not reacting to anything that's happening no. either sound for each other Jimmy Snuka Jr. is wrestling with all the aplomb of a man who's told that he's going to be a big star. Therefore, feels like he deserves to be treated like a big star. Father and son just come in and attack Sonny Ono, and they do splashes off the top rope, which looks so fucking sore. The ref counts them both out. Count that man, yeah. So there you go.
1: Big win for the father and son.
0: There you go. Main event time. Are you ready? This is this is it. Right, right. Here we come from Casino Magic, Mr. (laughs) Incredible. And Ian British Storm Harrison taking (laughs) on Buff Bagwell and Vampiro. The fucking egos in this match. Legit. Like, kayfabe ego with Mr. Perfect, but rightly so. He should have an ego mm, compared he's to these lads. Like... Vampiro, I've literally never heard a positive word said about him mm-hmm. in terms of ego. Buff back like, well, I mean, for fuck's sake. Come on now. And Ian Harrison seems to be like, I don't know, some sort of, like, absorber of all ambient <laughs> ego around him, like. <laughs> it's I oh, am, God.
1: I am living for... I get it? Living? I am living for Ian Harrison. Like, I, he is the best part of this show for me that's the one thing I'm glad about is that I'm glad we watched this just so I know about Ian Harrison he's a disgusting
0: now. monster like <laughs> yeah. he's literally too grotesque for American gladiators they're like yeah. the children would be upset if they saw him he's not like a, a nice muscle man
1: he's too grotesque to die like the afterlife don't want him <laughs> like they won't let him
0: go like he literally he, he wouldn't die even if he died he'd be like bleh <laughs> just kind of, one of his other four hearts would kick in like you know. <laughs> seriously he's fucking he looks like something from hellraiser he's fucking horrible he's really horrible and he is so dangerous in this match remember we said like how he wrestles his match where he's like kind of pissed off at everyone all the yeah time? yeah he does this press slam to vampiro and vampiro's like i'm not going up brother And he's like you fucking are and he just goes like, he picks him up like kind of vertically almost and he yeah. flips him around and vampiro nearly lands on his neck really bad horrible horrible stuff both Bagwell and Vampiro like, go back to back and face off like, this this, man. and buff Bagwell's like let's go Bagwell and they, literally there was a laugh in the audience <laughs> Someone went, and then the end of the match comes Vampiro he gets transfixed by hard body Harris on the outside I mean you would be he's like a yeah. fucking seeing eye picture like. rock
1: solid like
0: like there is an image in them veins yeah. if you look close enough and defocus the eyes and yeah Mr. Perfect just hits the incredible plex behind his back <laughs> Vampiro just stands there like a fucking dope. Yep. Vampiro and Bagwell, they lose the match. They square off looking at each other. Everyone comes out again because it's the end of the episode. Everyone comes out, come on, let's have a battle. Piper, Raina And then this diatribe, this diabolical piece of shit ends with Hogan going, I've been hanging and banging with the XWF. The end. That's it. That's the fucking XWF. They invaded Puerto Rico in 2002 because they got on telly there. They did a show or two in Puerto Rico in 2008. There was rumors it was starting up again. In 2014, there was rumors it was starting up again. All it was was that the rights are being shuffled around. Yeah. Jimmy Hart sold it to someone else. Oh, that they, must mean that they're doing something. Yeah. Man. Well, they thought they would be doing something because yeah. like, you've got 10 hours of fucking TV. They reckon they've got mm. enough to go. The few pennies that could be made off of it were made by those pay per views. Mm. But it's like, you go onto the fucking Wikipedia page and it's like, you know, the most recent edit is like, but in 2016, something big is going down. As of 2016, the website has been deactivated and no longer. You know? Like, XWF has, has no place existing. No,
1: no, it does not.
0: The only thing more shocking than the actual thing that they filmed and the thing that they tried to promote, and the thing that they tried to, you know, no one went to the house shows in 2001. Wrestling took a downward dive. They missed their chance. They couldn't sell it. And the fact that they thought they could come out with a DVD where they're like, look how great it was. Yeah. And this in 2007 when TNA had some pretty great shit that happened at that point. You know, not great by any stretch, but they had proven to be an alternative to an extent. Mm. Ring of Honor had some great shit going on as well. I mean, there was enough wrestling that was going on around the world that you didn't need the XWF. This fucking sucks.
1: This was so bad. This, I don't want to say anything exaggerating too much because I'm obviously in a very bad mood right now, but this (laughs) was, I think, harder to watch than Heroes of Wrestling because as much of a car crash as Heroes of Wrestling was, I remember there was moments where I laughed at Heroes of Wrestling, or there was things that made me smile. The only thing I smiled at throughout all of this was Ian Harris and his scant appearances. Like, this was bad. And I've said it in the past, there's been things we haven't enjoyed, like Bash at the Beach, but we always say, like, oh, well, if people enjoy it enough, maybe one day we'll do some more WCW. We are never Ever doing anything XWF related ever again?
0: Can't be tempted by that three-disc no, set. No,
1: no, I cannot, Kevin. I will quit the podcast but before Adam, I do it that. It comes
0: with a t-shirt, autographs, and an actual piece of the ring apron from the 2001 tapings.
1: Oh, well in that case then, right?
0: Like, I mean, if we buy them all, we could piece them together and like make the ring and burn it to the fucking ground so it never happens. As long as those pieces exist, the Horcruxes still exist of the XWS.
1: <laughs> Scrape the DNA off the mat and clone ourselves and Ian Harrison for oh, guarding the house. god
0: so. in heaven, Adam. This is such an absolute chore. It's so funny, there's so many things that happened in 2001 and I think because people stopped caring about wrestling. Yep. This is why this got forgotten. Yeah. Cause here was a wrestling happened during a boom time, and mm-hmm. a lot of people heard about it. They heard about the pay-per-view. This like got forgotten. And not through lack of trying to make people remember it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. XWF. It was in your face. It's all over the fucking clean floor now. <laughs> it's all over the fucking walls. All over the laptop. Jesus Christ, it's everywhere, Adam. Match of the night! MVP! AJ
1: Styles match with Kid Cash, the only match that came close to resembling a wrestling match. Yeah. MVP Ian Harrison yeah. because
0: uh, there's a presence about him that I is undeniable. I need to find a weird muscle Irish freak so we can have <laughs> make her, him go at it like Pokemon, like, <laughs> on, like you, know? <laughs> you know, Ian Harris. I choose you, Blah! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's great because he's so overpowered that he never dies. Like, he's the one Pokemon that you can always rely on. Oh, like.
0: Jesus Christ. You
1: well, got a match of the night or an MVP? Do I care? Does no, anyone give a shit? At I'll this tell point? you right
0: now the, the, the XWF, it had 10 episodes that were taped in total. Yeah. These are the last ones. Viscera was the final XWF heavyweight champion. Oh, they did have a champion in Yeah. The end. Nasty Boys were the tag champions. Kid Cash was the cruiserweight <laughs> champion. And Christy Rickey was the women's champion. It was never seen on television. It never will be seen on television. The only thing of note of it, it seems, is Hulk Hogan had a funny gas promo at the end. Yeah. We gotta get in shape, man! <laughs> what did you think of the XWF? Please tell me you've not been misfortunate to watch this fucking abomination.
1: Don't. Don't watch it.
0: Oh, God. And as always, if you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher Radio, leave us a comment, a rating, a review. Recommend this to a friend. The world needs to know about the XWF. If we fucking watched it, you have to as well. Loads of it is on YouTube. It's like all over the place. No one seems to care about this (coughs) thing anymore. So it's just out there. It exists. It's like plastic in an ocean. It's never gonna fucking go away. It's gonna somehow clog up stuff we actually like and enjoy Jesus. follow us on twitter at AE podcast let us know what you thought about this episode as well as upcoming episodes pictures goofs and gas and as always facebook.com forward slash attitude era podcast give us a like and check out our videos
1: there are dozens of videos on our facebook page we brought over a hundred now from some of our old episodes from some of our current episodes and there's some clips from smackdown crawl so you can get a little taste for that if you want to become a backer Also, you can get little previews of our new Patreon video episodes that we're releasing for backers. You can see little clips of this on Facebook, such as me and Kevin messing with WWF Photo Slam, or checking out WWF Betrayal on the Game Boy, or our new video, Kevin, WrestleMania 19. Revenge.
0: Oh my god, I'm so excited for our backers to check that one out. If you do want to become a backer and support the Additier podcast, you can get access to a whole shitload of bonus content. If you enjoy this, you'll enjoy SmackDown Crawl. There's over 30 episodes, as well as over a dozen QA episodes for myself, Adam, and Billy, as well as our Bibliotech book review series. You can get a little taste of that with our Journey into Darkness that's on this timeline already. If you want to support the Additier podcast, there's a variety of tiers to suit a variety of rewards and needs everyone who supported us so far thank you so much but you can be guaranteed if you become a backer you get access to a whole load of new listening and a new load of watching as well
1: and if you like stuff and things botchamania.com the gentleman's relish
0: there you go might as well start as you mean to go on with that one that's the I new one I think I'd have
1: done him proud like yeah, I think Billy so. would be pleased
0: with that absolutely yeah. Billy did a QA and a episode on Patreon mm. recently and it was one of the most uh, interesting looks I mean I had to listen to the episode to figure out more about Billy he's an interesting <laughs> man <laughs> we've known him for he years we've known him for years <laughs> but uh, yeah great music recommendations in there as well some sort of goblin hardcore music has been recommended to me now and I can't get enough of this stuff well it's going to be a goodbye from me kevin
1: and me adam
0: there is another one of these that we're going to be doing before Whoa. season three is out someone else had a go at this so we're going to have a look and see how jeff jared fared in australia
2: <laughs> but until
0: next time it's a goodbye from me kevin and me adam and we'll see you next time on the attitude era podcast